Hi, this is Vanessa Sunshine. Hi, this is Alicia. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. I'm Osha Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. Bachelor. Hello, and welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, the Bachelorette Australia podcast that asks the question: What exactly happens when you prepare a Halloween episode of the pod a week in advance, and then the Bachelor airs its Halloween episode a week early? Uh, I tell you what happens. You get a little ticked off. <laughs> just a yeah, little. Yeah, that's right. Just a little will come to <laughs> I'm gonna it. I'm going to let it fly this week. <laughs> I'm a little cheese. My name is Max Quinn. Uh, spooking to you in his scariest voice, didn't edit this part, evidently, is <laughs> Xavier Rebetsky Noonan. Hi, Xavier. Hello. Halloween episode coming next week. Don't coming miss it. Next week. <laughs> How fun. And making her first appearance here on the BOH pod. She is a podcaster, recapper, editor, and writer who you might know through her work for the Rob Has a Podcast reality TV recap family. Maybe you saw her on Channel 10 or its related media properties, weighing in on Survivor Australia alongside James Matheson and Luke Toki for Talking Tribal. It is a big bachelor of hearts hello to the top dog of tribal council the director of drop your buffs the merge matron the vote steal vanquisher the horcrux of the hawthorn hawks the reeve of revered ah hap recaps my favorite survivor podcaster shannon gus is here hi shannon oh my god like no one does intros like that and i've had guests before where they're like thank you for that intro and it's they're not good now i know that compared to what you just did (laughs) the idea the idea is to fumble over it as many times as you can yeah multiple takes really benefits (laughs) no that was amazing like that oh okay whatever you said you write it out for me i fit what i can of it into my twitter bio (laughs) (laughs) shannon let's start here uh you make podcasts for rob has a podcast can we just start by Telling the listeners what that is and what you do inside that universe. Yeah, so Rob Has a Podcast is a reality TV podcast by the Survivor playing Rob that is not Boston Rob. Mm-hmm. Sorry for for those of you who've watched any Survivor. It is Rob Sestanino. and that he, Yeah, so Rob that sucks that we say in love, but he created what I believe to be the biggest reality TV podcast in the world. It covers primarily Survivor and Big Brother, the US edition, but pretty much everything, which is where I come in doing the international survivor coverage. So I do US as well, but Australia, New Zealand when it was on, Mm -hmm. South Africa. So I kind of cover that world, um, which is a very quiet world at the moment with Survivor, Mm. obviously on hiatus, thanks to the pandemic. And so I, uh, I do the Rob Has a Podcast thing. As you mentioned in your incredible intro, I did some stuff for 10 Play this year on Talking Tribal, which was like the official Channel 10 analysis show for Australian Survivor. So my bread and butter is really analyzing 
reality TV after the fact, mostly the moves, but also like the production, the show. So I, I look at The Bachelor and The Bachelorette through that lens as well. Which is why we're so excited to have you here on the podcast. And it's what draws me to the Ahab universe as well. Like there's probably no other person who I've spent more time just listening to their voice than Rob Sestanino. And like that universe is so like smart and clever and fun. And you were brought into the fold a couple of years ago. How did that happen for you? Um, well, I was addicted to it because like that's the kind of thing with me that I don't consume content passively. Yeah. Even if it is something like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and you guys know making a podcast about it, like I want to talk about it. I want to hear opinions about it. Yeah. Um, I want to read about it, like if, if it's anything like that. So I was obsessed with the podcast. I started doing some stuff behind the scenes with them, chatting to Rob about all that stuff. And then I was chatting to Nick Iadanza, who was doing the Australian Survivor coverage. Mm-hmm. He's the season one contestant. Mm. And then people started dropping out of the franchise that they didn't want to cover. It started with poor New Zealand, which is like always the stepchild that gets pushed to the side. <laughs> so I very eagerly took it on, then started doing South Africa. Then Nick gave me Australia. And then Rob asked me to cover US every week. So that is how I'm now covering all four franchises. Right. Again, wow. nothing at the moment. But usually that is a very hectic schedule. Yeah. Um, so I got, I was in the right place at the right time, I think. Yeah, I mean, but also, like, you are analytical and your opinions are interesting and distinct. And that's part of the reason, I think, why we're so excited to have you on the show. If the listeners want to find you on social media, if they want to listen to you on Rob Has a Podcast, on any of the, the shows that you host, how do they find you? All right, well, you can start by following me at Shannon Gates, G-A-I-T-Z, which is my maiden name. So that's on Instagram and Twitter um, where I post all my content. And then my feed is the International Survivor Rehap Ups feed on your podcast catcher. But you should, yeah, just follow at Rob has a website online or Rob has a podcast in any of your podcast feeds. I make appearances where I can, kind of like any of the affiliated shows. So I think like if you're interested in, reality TV coverage, primarily again, like Survivor, but there's Big Brother, Amazing Race, so many, everything that we can mm. kind of get our hands on. That's kind of the hub for it, um, for, for all of it. So check out Rob Has a Podcast and then you'll probably see me around. <laughs> around the traps, you know? And <laughs> yes. it's, it's so nice to have also an Australian representative of that kind of coverage. And it's nice to have a voice as well, because I feel like a lot of the views that I have are represented in the things that you raise on these podcasts. And you and I have known each other for a minute now. Like it was a huge thrill for a lot of my colleagues last year who love Survivor to get to meet you when you came into my work. And we've talked a bit about you coming on the pod. And I'm so glad that we have saved you until after Lockie's season to properly weigh in on whatever that was. Can we talk here about like, what did you make of it? All right. I thought you were going to say you were so glad you like kept me for this season of The Bachelorette. And I was going to be like, why? I thought, I thought you were going to somehow say like, oh, this episode in particular. Yeah. I'm like, really? I don't oh, know. No. Well, maybe uh, you've got connections I don't know about. No, I, this week wasn't like particular. I mean, maybe you're talking about the date with Adam, in which case I am glad I'm here for this oh, week. Oh, yeah. Because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay, I'm in love with that man. Mm-hmm. But the, the Lockie season, like I felt like I was high on it. And maybe it was the survivor part. Yeah. Like I was drawn, but I, this is why. So I feel like Australian bachelor and bachelorette can be a little muted 
especially compared to the US show, which I have yeah. watched on and off. I'm watching at the moment, but I am in lockdown, so. Um, <laughs> no, I'm watching it too, and I'm, bit, I, you know, I could, I can, I could leave the house if I wanted to, and I don't. Yeah. No, it's good though, right? Like, I'm, I'm not blaming it's, lockdown anymore. It's like, really I'm, good. It's right, really, right. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, it's extreme, and I yeah. feel like. The Australian one is less extreme because you don't expect a proposal, which like we wouldn't get a proposal anymore. And there's no fantasy suites and you're not going overseas. And it's just like, it's what Australia is to America generally. Yeah. It's like normal compared to their complete OGT-ness. True. Um, but the Lockie season, I felt like had that extra intensity because they were in lockdown, um, because they got to have like a three month relationship right um and i did five years of long distance myself like i know that that is that's a real relationship yep. so mm. i think that like seeing Lockie come back and really be in love with both bella and irena and knowing that they loved him back like those feelings seemed so real for me and it was so intense and like their relationship and frenemy relationship breaking down was like very real to me and very dramatic um mm. compared to i think where the australian franchise could go so i was hooked yeah like it wasn't, it, it was messy, but like 2020, sure. um, I, I thought expect? it was, it was at least dramatic and intense. And I felt like very connected to the story. And so the story of it and the way that they told it is kind of like, I think what made it compelling as opposed to the way that they necessarily characterized any of the people on, on the show that season. Like I, I defy anyone to tell me anything about Irina or Bella other than that. They don't like each other or that they do or don't like the outdoors. Bella is the... very brave. <laughs> I seem to remember that being, she, it was very brave of her to do something at some point. I don't remember <laughs> But like what I, what I'm driving at, I guess is like, do you think that he was any better as being a bachelor than he was at being a survivor? And that crossover is so important because he was, to an extent, a, a major player in the Survivor franchise. Yeah, I mean, I think he was a better bachelor. Well, I don't know. Like, well, he told two women he loved them. Like, in that way, he was not a good bachelor. <laughs> but, like, as a TV character bachelor, I thought he was good. Yeah. Um, Compared to, like, his skills or his personality traits in Survivor are not good things. Like, he's an emotional guy. He'll get, like, baited by Matt Rogers, for example. Like, that's not good. Yep. But, and it's not great, again in The Bachelor to be baited into telling two women that you love them, but right. I'm not really judging how well you're doing it. I'm judging you as a TV character when you're The Bachelor. And I thought he, he's a fun Survivor character, but I thought that was even better as The Bachelor in this like emotional role. Yeah. And now you're being super emotional and intense and dramatic, and that is fun. And I think that mm. what maybe the, the production team saw in him was the like Matt Rogers manipulation, you know, the ability for someone to say to him like, hey, this has happened and now you feel really like deeply about it and to project that, to forecast that in front of a situation where, hey, we've got two viable women who you could fall in love with and let's watch you cry on the TV. And that's compelling. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, well, I mean, I think production saw a big, strong, tall, dark man. <sighs> like, but, like, but I do think that that if we're generous, it looks like, okay, Lockie's the kind of person who is instinctive, mm -hmm. maybe doesn't think super far ahead, who is emotional, who can give a good confessional. Like, yeah, yeah. ticking all the boxes. Yeah. Like, I see why they did, they, they made him, even though it felt really random, I can kind of see why they did that. And then again, tying in the shows together on the same network. Yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense. Like, and now like seeing Becky and Ellie, like I don't, I know, and I know a lot of it's structural and I'm sure we'll talk about it. Yeah. But, I don't feel nearly as connected to their journeys. Maybe it's because I felt like I knew Lockie from Survivor, but 
I felt way more connected to the Lockie journey and I felt like he kind of brought me into it. So I think he did okay, but I think like everyone hated him, but I was into it. <laughs> I, yeah, it's it's a weird thing because I think everyone hated him because he projected and the show only chose to present like a few character elements. And obviously he's a much more complex guy and we saw that on the, on the Survivor series. I, I, I want to say that like, it is in the presentation rather than necessarily it being in in the person. And as much as I'm sure we'll make mm. fun of him being outdoors all the time <laughs> on this podcast episode, at the same time, I sort of think like, well, that's a fault of the the production and the editing more than it is, uh, and the choice of what you choose to, to represent rather than the source material, if I'm to be generous, that they were probably given. Yeah, I mean, as somebody who doesn't or didn't watch Survivor and wasn't familiar with Lockie, like, the the only, like, you know, uh, primary text that I had to go off from him was the way that he was being set up in The Bachelor. For sure. And while I think they carved out a pretty narrow, like, set of um, attributes to focus on, um, there are still other things about him that crept through. And I think even, as you said, like, on a structural level it just gave a lot more space than they are giving Ellie and Becky this season. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like surprised by a lot of things that are happening in this season of bachelorette in terms of structure and like, you know, where the bachelorette is already too short. Yeah. You know? I think the, the season of bachelorette is already too short, but cramming two bachelorettes into the same time span makes it harder to like make that leap and make that connection and, you know, buy into the relationships as they're developing and understand who all the men are and understand who Ellie and Becky are and what their differences are and all these sorts of things that are, I think some of the reasons why I am not really that engaged and it makes me feel a lot more charitable and kind to the bachelor that happened earlier this season. I'm sorry, earlier this year. Um, and so the grass is always greener, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> The beautiful thing, though, is that, Shannon, you've stayed on for The Bachelorette. We can blame the pandemic if we want to. I choose not to. Welcome. Welcome it's to... It's the pandemic. <laughs> it is. It is. It, it's... <laughs> I watched Farmer Wants a Wife this year. I don't think you know how far this goes. I don't think you know how long I've been watching for. <laughs> My favourite thing about Farmer Wants a Wife this year was the... Um, how they would pipe in the Lizzo music every time these like <laughs> like white country women were walking down a dirt road. Oh uh, yeah, I know. Like we like we're here to discuss The Bachelor, but like Farmer Wants a Wife was lucky I was married. I'd never watched it before, <laughs> and it like made me not believe in love. Yeah, at all. Well, like it crushed yeah. love. Anyway, it was bad. But I, like I've watched The Bachelorette in the past. To be fair, mm -hmm. um, I had fallen off in the last couple of years with the Australian version. And I don't, like, I wasn't, I'm not super invested in Becky and Ellie. Like, I don't know if I would be here without the pandemic, to be honest. Well, <laughs> look, we are, we're going to choose to believe what we want to believe in this instance. And it is time to make our way into the recap of The Bachelor at... Less farmer wants a wife, more uh, country girl wants a husband, right? <laughs> kind of a similar... Either well, way. Really, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Bachelorette Australia, season six, episode five. In my opinion the second best episode of the season that we have seen so far. And the first thing to note, I think, is that Harbour Bridge performer Starly is back. She is in the recap making her prescient prediction that Pistol Pete will end up with Pecky. Shannon. <laughs> Going with Pecky as a nickname? Yep, apparently so. Sure. The uh, the previously on is a huge part of Survivor Edgic because it tells us sort of like how we're supposed to remember the narrative 
the next episode. Have you been paying attention to this here for The Bachelorette? Um, it's the kind of thing like I know I should pay attention to because it is it's a massive thing where a voiceover can tell you what you're supposed to care about. Yeah. And mm. this is really big in Survivor where we analyze the edit so much. And again, I bring it into the Bachelor franchise because I can't not. Right. Mm. Um, but we're constantly analyzing what is relevant. Why was this relevant? When you only have so much time to give us content, why did you choose to show us this? Mm-hmm. And even yeah. more so for a previously on segment where you have very little time to say, if you didn't watch or if you don't remember, here are like the things you need to know. Hmm. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, Pete was about to get though a single date. Like, do you think that it's just kind of like leading you on to that date? Or do you think that they're kind of saying more about that relationship? Yeah, well, it's interesting because like Pete's barely in this first episode. He gets the single date in uh, the, the second episode this week, episode six. But it sort of is like the show's making a point of being like, hey, remember Pete? Pete's still here. Don't forget about Pete. Garden. They're like, you know, <laughs> he he may not be in, the, in this episode very much, but we don't want him to like spoil, you know? Right, exactly. And like the other thing to notice here is that it is a uh, Halloween week. The boys are all stoomed up. We have redecorated the mansion for a Halloween party. We are tricking. We are treating, and everyone I think is thrilled about this, except for Y O U Xavier R N. Let's talk about <sighs> what kind of panic this caused in our text thread. Look, I mean, nothing says Halloween like 21st of October. <laughs> I was so... Okay, so I'm going to go a little behind the scenes here, and I don't want to give away too much, but we plan a couple of things for a Halloween episode that we're doing next week. We have like a somewhat more Halloween-adjacent seeming guest um, lined up, which I shouldn't necessarily... Am I not I spooky? Mean, oh, Shannon, I don't know you very well. Maybe you're very <laughs> spooky. I don't want to project <laughs> that onto you. Um, but, you know, and also I don't want to spoil who the guest is just yet. I don't know who the guest out, is. But- <laughs> Max doesn't know. It's and a it, ghost. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah great. It's yeah. right. We have a special guest, a special ghost. Damn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but like, we're also. We're, I'm gonna do it. Uh, I've got a song up my sleeve. I've got a little jingle. I'm gonna drop. Okay. Um, for the Halloween episode. And so when this starts happening, tr- truly out of nowhere, truly snuck up on me. I was just like, fuck. I'm not gonna be able to turn this thing. <laughs> and so the text thread was just panic and vitriol and rage. And because here's the thing, okay, I love Halloween. I love the the spooky. I mean, like you'll never hear me complain in any other context about like things being spooky for no reason. I love it. Things should be like my one of my favorite songs of all time is the Monster Mash. Uh, <laughs> you know, like this is this is my my thing. This is my world. But mm-hmm. I was just like I wasn't ready for it. It, it was upsetting. It was distressing, and. Uh, I didn't think the costumes were very good. Like they could have used an extra week to work on it. I just want to say like, I, and I hate going back to the lockdown thing. Cause I think that my psyche is like coming out in this podcast. Uh-huh. But we just had today a grand final public holiday at the end of October when the grand final is at the Gabba. Like how can you be complaining in 2020? <laughs> yeah. How can you be complaining about something being a week off? Like, it could, it could be August for all I know. Like, you, you know the date? That is impressive to me. Yes. I get, well, that's the other interesting thing is that we had, and this is really, in the we're in the weeds here, but, like, somewhat uncharacteristically, there was a week gap between The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, which normally doesn't happen. Normally it's straight away. And mm-hmm. so I thought maybe this is to tie in with some date. And knowing that we often coincide with, like, 
uh, the spooky season on Bachelorette, I was like, maybe something will happen. You always and... thought this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know, but I have a podcast about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, territory. <laughs> I get it, but I'm just like, you thought the week gap was because of Halloween? Like, yeah. In a year where dates have ceased to exist? Like, that's, no. <laughs> you were convincing yourself of this. Uh, well, what did they do with that week? They played a repeat of American Masked Singer in the time slot that they... That's pretty they, good. They, Look, I mean, another thing I've been checking out, you know what? Me too. I watched <laughs> it this week and I was like, too. holy shit. Yeah. The Serpent, I'm pretty sure it was like Leslie Odom Jr. Anyway, mm. it's it's yeah. not bad. Mm. Yeah, it's better than our one. John McHale's good. Well, I think we were all clearly yearning for like a somewhat more worked on, somewhat more developed costume. Because mm-hmm. these costumes, <laughs> zero effort. You had uh, James is a pirate. Aggie's like a wizard. Uh, Pete is like a half skeleton guy. Adrian is a sailor, which is not really like a frightening thing as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> what boats to have you been To the whaling on? industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that's true. That's true. And then you have like, uh, Joe was a prisoner, like just as an escaped prison guy. And then also mm-hmm. Damien, who had the spookiest costume of all, a cop, <laughs> which I actually think is quite good, really, <laughs> in 2020. <laughs> I mean, they have gone full haunted house. There's a Ouija board, there are skeletons, spider webs. It really feels like, kind of eerily, we've gone to Dracula's Cabaret in Melbourne for our 18th birthday. <laughs> that place rules. <laughs> they have, like, co- coffin-shaped tiramisu for dessert or something. Yeah, their slogan for Which this is year is that like... they put the coffin coffin. What? Oh, um, oh look, uh, we've got mixed feelings <laughs> about uh, Kiwi Shannon's jokes on this season, but um, I like this from him where he points at the dead body that's out the front of the mansion and he goes, that's Pascal. I thought that was good. <laughs> I See, I feel like an affinity for Shannon because he has my name. Oh, yeah. And that's true. all it takes. Mm. See, because the, the front runners are Pete and Shannon. My husband's name is Pete. Peter. So we're yeah. like in this very mm. petty war of who she'll choose just based on our name. <laughs> Again, it is so many days and counting. But like, I'm very committed to Shannon winning. And now I feel like, Peter's pulling ahead because he seems like a lovely human being, which is unfair. I love Pete. I feel that's unfair. Yeah. We're going to get to Pete. The crux of this, Shannon does do this, like, sexy, like, striptease sort of dance. That was good. All up on Becky, which is, like, feels like a real, like, slamming your foot on the accelerator type of move. (laughs) Especially right after Damien. Right. I feel like was, like, I've often, like, I think Damien also is really sweet. Um, I love a lot of these guys. I feel like it's a really good group. But I feel like a lot with Damien is, like, he kind of feels like maybe he's an alien who's been told how to act like a human. And yes. I like, wasn't super mm. sure. But then when he did like the thrusting, I was like, oh no, he's an alien. Yeah, yeah. He's an alien like... dressed as a human dressed as a cop. <laughs> 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 wasn't right. <laughs> the crux of it is basically like, we're at a dinner party where the boys are going to stand here in these obsequious costumes and submit anonymous questions into three cauldrons marked truth, dare, or other um (laughs) it's the classic party game of truth or dare or never have i ever (laughs) or spin the bottle or pin the tail on the donkey right yeah or spin the donkey spin the donkey is a good one i'm actually reminded of the neutral box on survivor worlds apart so kim and joaquin the idea here is that you don't choose dare whatever you do right like you're like i'm gonna do truth 
or I'm going to do never have I ever. If I have to do dare, I'm going to have to do something stupid for the cameras. Do we, do we agree with this? Well, it's like, what kind of person are you? Like, if you're the kind of person who wants that attention, the kind of crazy thing that'll get you on Bachelor mm. in Paradise, which I'm sure 80% of these guys are, mm. then I think you'd like dare. Like, I agree with you. Survivor loves to go to the random third option that doesn't exist. Like, blue collar, <laughs> white collar, or no collar. Simply like, that's doesn't not exist. Collar. What collar? Yeah. So that was it. That's true. This is like this. Truth, dare, or other unrelated <laughs> game, which mm. is a version of the truth part of truth. Right. <laughs> right. What? <laughs> yeah. Look, we've seen the franchise do this a bunch in the past 12 months. It's the easiest possible device for drama, totally. you know, giving the contestants the chance to essentially hide behind cowardice and and it's also like it's it creates high stakes very suddenly without having to use any budget at all mm. right you are so offended by this party i love oh, it because like, no. you love halloween so it's important to you like i understand yeah, that really yeah. i have you. a list my I, on on um on letterbox which is like a film website that i use i've listed a collection of my favorite movies in my favorite genre which is movies with dancing skeletons in them oh what you must have been so oh then yeah. they did this like october 22nd right like, budget halloween party with yeah. you must be devastated yeah, I exactly yeah that. i was yeah. like give me my give, mm. give it to me properly or don't give it to me at all yeah no that's not right yeah it's not right the person who has the uh the most Karen. It should be a month oh, long. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Maybe it will be. Maybe next week it will roll on. Oh, I hope oh. so. I, I, that, I, I love your optimism, and I'll give them uh, every chance. <laughs> Here in uh, lockdown, every yeah. month feels like Halloween. Oh, my God, yeah. It's spooky year. It's scary. <laughs> I'm scared. Maybe, okay, we're not going to spend too much more time on this, but maybe they're like, we don't actually want to make things too scary because there's been enough to be scared about this year. Do you remember when Shannon talked to you about overthinking things? <laughs> no, I, no that, that is the blind leading the blind. Like, I'm the biggest overthinker ever because now I'm buying into like all of your Halloween stuff, so I'm like, now I'm bored. All his I also crazy feel mad- 5G conspiracies. <laughs> yeah, you need a thing to obsess about. Like, clearly we know, like, I can't get locked down. Like, I, and I'm trying, actively trying not to, and I can't stop. Mm-hmm. And Xavier clearly is obsessed weirdly obsessed with this Halloween thing mm-hmm. and I'm concerned for him and like I feel like you now need to like weirdly obsess about don't something worry, so we'll that get you to it. don't rise above anything like, <laughs> it's not fair to leave us all behind here. no one's punching down here on the Bachelor yeah. of Hearts podcast <laughs> this is a surprising move from Sam you remember the bald dog guy Sam on this year sure. so he has the biggest Karen energy here where he's like <laughs> writing anonymous questions is great end of confessional <laughs> Sam's idea is to submit a supposed deal breaker question. And if Becky answers it the wrong way, I got to tell you, he's out of there. And that question is, have you ever cheated on a partner? And I got to tell you, like the, the bit that I found the spookiest, this very next bit, because up out of the cauldron rises the disembodied head of Kieran Stott. And he's like, my ears are burning. <laughs> Umbles in. Well, like Kieran... I mean, imagine if he if they had asked that question with Kieran in the house. Like, Truly. I don't think, like, he wouldn't have put his hand up, but then he just would have probably like like burst into ash or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
The B plot is. I just can't believe they'd ask a question like that. (laughs) (laughs) He would be storming out. Right, right. Yeah, we'll get to men who can't handle their feelings in just a minute. Mm. (laughs) uh, The B plot is that uh, we're giving the boys a chance to find out what's up between Ellie and Joe and the extent of their relationship before they entered the mansion. We get the easy questions out of the way first. The boys are softball questions like. Which body part are you most proud of? And of course, Adrian uh, chooses his dick. And then we hear geologist Adam talk about how proud he is of the big old rock in his head. Xavier, you got a big mm. old rock in your head. Was this endearing? <laughs> I got nothing but rocks up there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess this is the beginning of us starting to relate to him or, or break him down as a character, right? Yeah. I don't think he's really registered too much in the first few episodes. The thing about today. him so far is that like, he's hot. And loves rocks. And I don't know if we've d- divulged too much further from the point, but he's hot and he loves rocks. What yeah. more do you need? I sure. don't think anything. Ellie loves it. She says, I think that this is just beautiful. And before you know it, it's dare time. They have oh, yeah. to pick a boy to give a strip dance, which doesn't it doesn't feel that good to me. Damo is the one who is chosen because he is dressed as a cop. And look, it, I'd want to get out of that cop uniform too if I was dressed in it. <laughs> me too, yeah. And I'm sure also like we aspire to be like a body posse, sex posse pod. And that's not what makes me feel uh, weird about this. There's just a bit of, about this that makes it feel like um, schoolies. I kind of had that same reaction where I was like, I questioned my own because like you, you have mentioned probably jokingly in the past that I can be a bit of a prude on this podcast at times, but I did feel like this was, I don't know. I don't want to say that it felt like inappropriate or too far or something. It just had like a weird vibe to it where it just like quite suddenly became sort of supercharged in a way that was like, because maybe it's like we're infantilizing things a little bit because everyone's dressed up in like literal $2 Halloween costumes. I don't know if I mentioned that before. Um, But like, I don't know. It's just like all of a sudden the mood shifted and then mood is about to shift again in, in this, like in this room. It's just like, everything just feels like, I don't know, very topsy-turvy. Yeah, uh, yeah. like I like Damon's... Damon. I liked... Damon. Matt Damon. It's not important anymore. It's, it doesn't no, matter, yeah. right? But I liked <laughs> his attempt at it. Like, it's what I feel like I would do if I was put in that situation of, like, I have no dexterity from the hip down. <laughs> I don't I don't know how to do this. And this man was clearly like, okay, I guess I'm doing... Like, sure. I'm on TV. I guess this is what is happening. Shannon, did you, like, do you like Damien? Did you like this? No, like, and he seems like a sweet guy, but yeah. I'm like, I'm cringing thinking about it. And again, yeah. like, he did better than I would, of course. This mm. is my nightmare. <laughs> but at the same time, like, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty to watch. There's like, there's no rules for this weird dress-up party where you're getting a strip dance from one of your many boyfriends in front of your other boyfriends. Like, yeah. and your no... sister. Yeah, and you're yeah. See, that's like the yeah. worst. Like, just add grandma in there. And, like, that is like the worst <laughs> hen's night ever. But it also speaks to like the the sort of like unspoken rules of the the mansion, where like you know it will be an episode breaking like nightmare if someone kisses someone at a cocktail party every so often. But like something like this, because I guess it was on a piece of paper or like you know implicitly, the it's within yeah, the rules. exactly. It's within the costumes. Halloween. Well, yeah, it's within the October spirit 22nd. of the night. <laughs> the spirit of October twenty second. It's a right. different time. All Hallows, like general, like six week period. <laughs> yes. 
the month-long celebration that you asked for <laughs> that we had to watch. <laughs> I just don't have my theme song ready. <laughs> it's like All Hallows non-disclosure agreement. You can't perform before or after the event. Right, exactly. Yeah, I need a window. <laughs> um, but Ellie likes it. She says, this is red hot. And then speaking of red hot, Shannon now gets involved also we talked about this a little bit before he firstly says that Damo's technique at stripping is not good enough it's just not right before then he's like hip rolling and grinding and shirt removing picking becky up it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot it was better though i think so too yeah i think he's tapping into his character as a wolf man I did take notes of what all the costumes were. And I think, like, for him to be, you know, tapping into that animalistic side, I think was really, you know... If I saw a cop doing that, I'd be distressed. Right. But if I saw a wolf do... We'll talk about this another time. (laughs) (laughs) If you saw a wolf doing that, yeah, that... You wouldn't be... Yeah, you wouldn't be scared. No, I mean... you want to be scared? That's what I... Yeah, I mean, the fear kind of feeds into it. We don't have to really go into (laughs) it. Never Have I Ever is next. It is important to note here that Ellie tells the boys that if there's something that they don't want to do, they don't have to do it, which I liked. And then I also liked the disclosure from Joe, James, and Adrian, and then also Becky when the question is asked about whether or not you had cheated on a partner in the past. Shannon, did you like this? Yeah, I mean, I always feel like Sam did say he submitted it, but I know the producers must love this because they can submit whatever they want, right? Um, so this, this is like a little juicy, um, and it definitely like created some drama, but it also felt like very personal. And if like Sam wanted to know that from Becky, like, I don't know, maybe have five minutes of conversation first or more, more than five minutes of conversation rather. Like, I don't feel this is the forum if you're actually trying to progress a relationship, but I do find with this season, they keep reminding us how little time they have, which stresses me out. They're like, <laughs> we don't have time. So we need people to spy on them. We don't have time. So we have to do truth or dare. Like this is not the way to create sustainable quality relationships by yeah. just like cutting corners by making people uncomfortable. Right. right. And we, we haven't forgotten who sets up how much time there is, you know, like just, just create a situation where there's more time. Yeah, but they keep telling us as well, and it doesn't make me feel good. No. Yeah, particularly in a pandemic. They're like, we don't have time, and it's like, fuck, I have time. Yeah, what else (laughs) are you doing? (laughs) Why is this so rushed? Is it worth talking about the, um, the amount of focus? And I get, obviously, that, like, Ellie is the lead, and she's the bachelorette, and that we're holding her up as, like, you know, one of the most desirable people in the country or whatever, hypothetically. Um, but the, there's a, I think there's a big difference between the amount of time that we spend worrying about the fact that Ellie may have cheated on someone in the past rather than the three men who... Is it three or even four men who, like, put their arm up? And then, like, we kind of just don't even really touch on... Maybe one of them? Like, I think, is it is it... James, who yeah, like, James is stressed about. Yeah. He has a lot of consternation about it, but it's because he is thinking and talking about it rather than like, you know, none of the other men are being like, you know, hey, um, Joe, like that's a weird thing about you or whatever. Like, you know, we have to assume that it was cut for time. Like, I feel like these are all questions that have been asked or, uh, you know, like things that were probably covered off. But the most dramatic reaction it seems was. James's and also Becky is a bachelorette and that's probably a brave thing to admit. But like every Bella bachelor, brave. like Lockie had cheated and that never came yeah, up. Yeah, hundred mm. percent. Yeah. I guess it's just like with somebody like Adrian, who I feel like we can be pretty confident won't win, like this would be a good opportunity to drill down on another seemingly kind of negative attribute of his. Poor mm. Adrian. Oh, we <laughs> like, did get it. More? 
Like he says, uh, cheating is not something you want to do with your partner. And I just want to no, commend I... him for factual accuracy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess so. Might it's a good take. You do it with someone just else. In terms of... Yeah, you do it with somebody else. <laughs> You're pointless to do it with your partner. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, yeah, but what happens next is that it kind of turns quite tender. Like, Becky talks about her cheating that happened in her early 20s, and she's ashamed of it, and the amount of guilt that she has dealt with. I was kind of okay with this scene in the end. You know, you're right that it does feel a bit disproportionate that the onus, the focus is on Becky. But at the same time, she's the Bachelorette, so it's kind of expected of the show. Were mm. you surprised, though, at how tenderly i guess the show handled this manifestation of guilt and shame for me i was actually just kind of not that interested like right uh, maybe stemming from what you were saying shannon is is just like it feels a bit personal and maybe i shouldn't be digging into it or whatever but like it doesn't really feel like it weighs that much on what their current or future relationships are going to be like like i get that you learn from past experiences with the relationships and that kind of thing but like there are a lot of other things i would rather learn about Becky and Ellie and these men above this. Sure. So I was like, okay, good. I'm glad they kind of got that out of their system or whatever. But at the end of the day, like it doesn't really matter that much to me. Well, it it felt a little unfair because I feel we know so little about the leads. Yeah. Mm. Like now, what do I know about Becky? I know that she's Ellie's sister, that she's country and that she's cheated. Like if I knew more about her and it was like part of like the tapestry of who she is, instead of it being the third thing I know about right. her. Yeah. And that she can kind of wakeboard. Kind of. <laughs> right. Like, that's not enough to me of a catalogue of her personality. Like, if, if we really knew her, okay. But I don't feel I know her. But I know I this thing about her. I think we learned that she had cheated on someone in a previous relationship before we learned that she had been in a previous relationship. Like, you know. You right. know nothing about this woman. Right. Like, it's, it's personal because we don't know her. Yeah, And that's kind of the thing, and like all of it feels personal for uh, similar reasons. We know nothing about James, and he is the next person who really gets upset. If you need a reminder, he's the man with the tattoos and the pierced ear, and he says, I'm ashamed. I feel like a bag of shit. And then in an extremely subtle piece of product placement, he whips out his Uber Eats app, and he orders one right there on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) We will come back to James, but I do just want to flag this like as a theme of this episode. Like the way that the show presents him responding to challenging stimulus by losing his temper or storming off or both, like generally not being able to process or struggling to process his emotions. And I don't know that it's something that perhaps as men were necessarily ever taught, but there's also, I think, a particular type of man who I don't know, like has ever been told that this isn't a reasonable response to stimulus. Does that make sense? Yeah. The storming off thing is interesting, I think, because it's like, it's something that, um, that I take seriously is like in a conflict situation, knowing when to just leave. Yeah. Which is important. And to know when to like drop it and to know when to, you know, not like elongate the situation. But I think there is a strong difference between, um, you know, uh, calling it quits without necessarily having resolving it and just like storming off in a huff, which I think is more what, what um, James is inclined to do in this situation. Right. There's a type of leaving that um, is designed to de-escalate drama and there's a type of leaving mm. that is designed to escalate drama and it feels like James has chosen the latter. There are myriad examples of this in the Survivor family and lots of apples that I guess haven't fallen too far from the Hans family tree. I'm interested, Shannon, in like what you think of how important the ability to process and 
deal with your emotions is in Survivor versus how we see it being of not relatively little consequence, but like littler consequence mm. on The Bachelorette? Well, I think in Survivor, like, you never want to be emotional. Yeah. Like, if you could have it your mm. way, you'd be emotional 0% of the time, and you would just act like everyone's friend, which actually someone did, and then they won. Yeah. Like, it's best not to care at all, but that's almost impossible because we're human beings. Right. Whereas, like, on mm. the Bachelor franchise, I feel like you want to be hitting, like, 80% of your emotions. Like, you want to lead with your emotions because that's important, and mm. it's all based on that. But you also want to be able to stop yourself, again, when, like, you're going to react badly or, like, make the wrong move because this is how i look at it due to mm. emotion like i always felt like bella telling Lockie about irena was emotional yep. or just a really bad strategic move Both. either way it wasn't mm. good yeah whereas like irena could keep her emotions in check i'm sure she wanted to vent to Lockie, but she didn't yep and she came off way better right so you want to be able you want to be able to control it but also you do want to lead with your emotions because if you're not going to be emotional you will have like a false relationship by the end, which would be irrelevant. And not to be lost on us is the fact that this is a TV show. And in addition to giving The Bachelor or the other contestants fodder or things to react to materials, you're also giving the TV show materials. And Irina in not giving the show stuff to react to does herself a favor in the end because she's not presented in the way that Bella is presented on reality TV. And unfortunately for James he's presented in the way that he's presented because he acts the way that he acts. Mm. Yeah. Well, like I have no doubt that, and this is why I always try to cut contestants on these shows, like enormous slack. For sure. Like, everyone on a farmer wants a wife who wasted my incredibly <laughs> invaluable time. <laughs> Clearly I had better things to do. Uh-huh. Um, but like I get, I get on survivor. You haven't eaten, you haven't slept. Difficult yep. emotions on the bachelor. You're watching someone you like, you know, with like other guys, someone you, else and you're drunk. Yeah. And, mm. and you're drunk. That, and that's a, that's a big one on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Or, and also, the producers are putting you in this situation to hurt you, probably putting in these questions anonymously. Right. That, that, that you've probably told them stuff about pre-season or to producers and they're using sure. it against you. Like, I know that it's difficult. Um, and it, it's unfortunate to react that way. It was unfortunate for Bella um, that she, you know, she's had to deal with that. Yep. And that's the persona. She did it, but she was in that situation and she put that out there. So for James, like I do feel bad if, if that's that's how he emotionally reacted to that. Yeah. Um and in a perfect world he he wouldn't have. Right, exactly. And this is the sort of thing though where like I'm sure you go through it and you grow and you learn and I think that that's the best possible outcome for when something like this can happen. There's a bit more to cover off here with this date we learn about 24 year old rock boy adam and how he's never been in love before and then fraser does a nudie run through the house and i hate it and (laughs) then ellie is asked have you and joe ever hooked up in real life before and how many times ellie says we spent a weekend together and for whatever reason it didn't work out i didn't know joe was coming on here And uh, Joe didn't know it was me either, but that doesn't change anything. I'm here to find love, be it with any one of the guys here. Do you think this was a fair response from Ellie? I think fair is a a good word to use because it's very diplomatic and it's very like almost like a politician's answer in in terms of like, you know, we, she doesn't divulge any details. Um, I think, you know, she makes it clear that like this is her business or their, you know, their business. Yeah. Is it not the boy's business though? Well, I mean, I kind of feel like it's a little bit in the past. I guess because Joe is there, like, I can understand why It's his why business, they... I think. I mean, it's mm. there dressed up as... What was he dressed up as? <laughs> Christ you knows. Oh, a oh Joe probably. was dressed as... 
a prisoner. Okay, it's which is what's the symbolism? What do you think? Trapped in this. I get, yeah, but I, I also feel like the fact that this is such a, a, an enduring like line of questioning that we spend a lot of time on the rest of this episode talking about. It's pretty fucking obvious what happened, right? Yeah. Like, I what don't happened? Think actually... Can someone tell me what happened? Well, like, the, obviously, I'm so like, confused. We are technically so speculating, but it's like the the thing, the big question that lingers over it is like, did they have sex? I guess, right? If we want to boil oh, it down. Okay, to no, like... that okay, that happened. That yeah. was obvious. Yeah. But what what happened with this? Like, I'm I'm here. I actually wanted to ask you guys. Okay. What happened? All right. So allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, the deal is that. Ellie and Joe, Joe was living with Ellie's best friend. They might have slept together. They might have had a bit of a thing, gone on some dates in Newcastle. Then, uh, for whatever reason, as Ellie says, it didn't work out. Ellie was cast on The Bachelorette. Generally, when you're in casting for The Bachelorette, uh, our friend Megan told us that you can kind of put it in the producer's ear that you might like to see this person or this person kind of show up on the show. And magically... Joe shows up on the red carpet on night one and Ellie's like, oh my God, it's you. Because let's mm. be real, like Joe was not going to apply for the show if it was going to be like Shana Burgess or whoever the fuck. Like, sure. This, Joe is a plant for this season of The Bachelorette. Otherwise, the, I mean, perfectly lovely seeming dude, but he, there's no character. Right. You know, there's no arc there. Well, okay, I have a lot of thoughts on Joe. I, Please. <laughs> about this whole, so Joe seems like a perfectly lovely man, but... This is, I don't like any part of this. Like, okay, firstly, the, I think she said the reason it didn't work out was because she moved to Sydney. Yeah. Right? Mm. From Newcastle. She said, like, the timing reasons. True. From New, like, okay, <laughs> I was in a long-distance relationship Melbourne-Sydney five years. Yeah. And I know that that's not everyone's game, and that's a lot. But, like, I have, like, I have friends who live at Newcastle during the week and Sydney on the weekend. Like, yep. that is a two-hour drive. Totally, yep. me too. And, like, I work with people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, but, like, if you don't want, if you don't want that, that's fine. But like, how is that then the great love that wins The Bachelor? Like surely being in a competition with several <laughs> men for her is a way bigger obstacle than this two hour drive that tore them apart the Down last the road. time. So right, yeah. I'm irritated about that. I actually don't really, I don't feel it's fair, obviously not fair to the other guys. No. And I get why they're upset about it because we don't even have fantasy sweet dates or anything on this. So she almost definitely mm. has slept with Joe. And if she picks another winner, like she wouldn't have even slept with him. Yeah. It would be like, It'll be, it's strange. It is an advantage. Hmm. It's weird to call it an advantage because these are people and this is their lives, but I don't love it. (laughs) And then like, for me as a viewer, like I'm going to be really pissed off. Again, my time could not have less worth to it, but I (laughs) still feel my time was wasted if she ends up with like her best friend's boyfriend. Yeah, who she was already dating. Like, I'll be like, do that on your own time. Like, why was I tuning into that? I don't need to watch this. And to that point, because that sucks so much, I don't think that's what will happen. Like there is, they. Why they is it a possibility? Though? Right, right, exactly, and that which is... makes every moment that you spend with this relationship feel like wasted time, which you could be using to write the Halloween theme song for your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, skipping ahead a bit to the little date that he creates for them, you know, I was struck by how natural it felt and how unstilted it felt yeah. because they have this history. Mm. But then I'm like, well, that's so unfair because they have this history and like i'm not i have, I don't know this relationship so like while i think he's perfectly fine i'm like now like passionately rooting against him because this is like such a terrible mm. outcome for the viewer for the and, show like, yes the show, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah 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 it it doesn't stand to it's it's like when the um millionaire that sophie monk was already dating flew in on a helicopter and <laughs> then won do you know what i mean mm. like it's it's yeah. the same situation and 
what I don't like about it, and again, what what strikes me about the date later is that when he's checking in on her as like, how are you going with all this? He's checking in as a friend, which no one else has the ability to yeah. Yeah. do. It is and, an unfair advantage. And he knows her friends. Like, he yeah. knows her life. Like, he knows her world. Like, that is incomparable to these other guys who have met Becky, right. but who haven't met her friends or know what she's like without cameras on. Like, we saw in Lockie's season that uninhibited time that you can have with each other is massive. Yes. And they had that before the show. Like, they're starting on... It's like, it's so... it's You can't compare it to the other men. Yeah. And mm. I think this is completely insane that this is something that's happening. Um, and I guess because I don't have a lot more to get worked up about, I'm like, this, he can't win. Like, he was already dating her. Right. Like, yeah. my husband and I always used to joke, like, like, I'll go be the bachelorette and you'll be a contestant. I'll just choose you for all the dates. And <laughs> get to have fun. Like, sure. that's what they're doing, yeah. maybe. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It is not a far-fetched, like, you know, idea. Yeah. That they're just like, sure, yeah, we'll drink the fucking free Prosecco, whatever. And then they sent me over the edge that when he was like, oh, it didn't work because she moved to Sydney. I was like, if you guys can't handle that. If you can't handle if you an can't hour and handle and a half the train. Two, yeah, <laughs> two-hour drive, then you, you can't, you're you won't handle anything. <laughs> yeah, you're not, meant, you're not a great love story, right. unfortunately. Right, right. Very average hookup, unfortunately. <laughs> like, that's not what I'm here for. <laughs> So Fraser doesn't think this is a this is a fair explanation at all. He says, <laughs> "What does weekend mean?" And look, Fraser, <laughs> I can help you according to my research. He says, "Like, how do you interpret a weekend later on the episode?" <laughs> the weekend is a Canadian pop soul artist whose debut studio album <laughs> Kissland was released in 2013. Kissland, okay, so we're getting some clues here. Oh, that's yeah, true. Interesting. Yeah. Luke Sidebar, mm-hmm. like he didn't really pop until like three or four years later. How much? Do you think that that has to do with the fact that his debut studio album was called Kissland? <laughs> Guys would be probably relieved it was just Kissland. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, Should right. brought that out. It sounds like the name that you'd give a reality TV show where 20 questionably eligible men are also living inside the one mansion and then <laughs> vying to date the same questionably eligible bachelorette. Yeah. No, I think like that was like the alternative title for Love Island. <laughs> and I haven't even, I'm, I didn't even do Love Island. Somehow that one has still evaded. No, I have yet. not seen that either. But It'll catch up with you, I'm sure. <laughs> I also feel like, is there a worse answer for these guys? It's like, don't, don't worry about it. Like, we just spent an entire weekend together. together in each yeah. That's so intense. I know. <laughs> so much time. And there's so much room for their imaginations to, like, if she was Two like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If she was like, look, we dated for a week. We had sex. It didn't work out. End That's of fine. End of question. Because I moved to the mysterious realm of Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> Narnia, like, it practically And, is. like, maybe some of these men will be like, oh, that's bad, and I have this problem with it or whatever. But at least we'd be, we'd be having that conversation as right. opposed to, like, the everyone scratching their head being like, hmm, a what is weekend? a weekend? Like, how do we interpret it? Like, they're trying to, like, fight back against the labor movement in the, like, late 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, hmm, also, but should it be how many hmm, we shouldn't have it i think <laughs> exactly a long weekend or uh, like a 2020 weekend which is just true. normal just, just any day yeah yeah, yeah. well like I, I don't know what they're meant to do with this because why lie because she's gonna have to tell if another person wins they will discuss this yeah if it's a yeah. deal breaker it best be a deal breaker now rather than it sending the, the winner away um yeah. 
I, like, I feel like, like they actually kind of deserve this information because it is such an like unfair thing that's happened to not even know about. This is another survivor thing. Like when they put in an unfair advantage and also don't tell people, it makes it worse. Absolutely. Like, at least be, It'd be like, it should be like, guys, a twist has been introduced for this season. Mm. It's called the Joe Idol. <laughs> now, just so you know all the rules, Joe and Ellie slept together three times. Like, we need to, like, I think we should yeah, have yeah. all the information about right. this twist to the game. Yes. Mm. Yeah. The Joe Idol can be played after the vote. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let us know. It's unfair. So at least let us know how unfair it is. Joe Idol is what they call it in um, Survivor, but here they would call it the Country Joes. Country Joes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we next that's funny Xavier. thank you <laughs> we hear from james who also does not like this very much he says i wish i didn't hear that and then he walks off and that's it no more date no extra time no rose no nothing what a bizarre note to finish this halloween party on spooky even Xavier. yeah he like vanishes into the mist <laughs> <laughs> It's as if we were seeing the whole thing through his eyes, like he's the narrator. You know what I mean? Also, Country Joes was brilliant. I feel bad that I didn't also comment on it. You deserve more. I'm so sorry. very gracious. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. <laughs> Next is uh, geologist Adam, who was chosen for the single date with Ellie, and we are headed to the prestigious Western Sydney Zoo to watch the animals. An inconfessional Ellie says, Next thing you know, in walks... Tarzan. Now's the time to talk about Adam. Do we like him based on what we know so far? Based on what we know so far, he's kind of the same as all, all the rest of them for me. Uh-huh. He's, oh he's in a big, like, sort of beige bucket, really. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm, oh my gosh. No, what, based on what we know Joe's now. Really <laughs> oh no! No, but I think this date is what unlocks him. I, I want to no. make that clear. Like, leading up to this point, I'm like, okay, fine, sure, whatever. But no. then... Well... I mean, from the first week, I was like, this guy, this is the guy. Okay. He made, like, one funny comment, I think, about, like, it being a bad thing that he was a scientist, like, from an Ellie perspective. Mm-hmm. He might have made a sec... I don't really remember what else he said. Mm. But, this, okay, I am in love with this man. <laughs> um, like, firstly, he looks like Heath Ledger in 10 Things I Hate About You. Yes, he really does. He's he really does. I looked up photos vibes. just to... To, and he it's pretty pretty on the money. Mm-hmm. Secondly, he has little funny quips here and there. Yes. He is smart. Yep. And he's obsessed with rocks. He loves Yeah, the rocks, rocks. thing is that's, really good. And that's yeah. so endearing because like as someone with a Survivor podcast, I love when people are passionate about whatever it is they're a passionate about. A specific thing, yes. Yes, mm. like, I mm. hate, like I don't love apathy at all. Like I love when people are like, this is my jam and I don't care if it's kind of nerdy. Like I'm obsessed with this thing. Uh-huh. And the fact that he's like a little shy, but like objectively gorgeous rock obsessed like i'm i'm obsessed with him as much as he's obsessed with rocks clearly like i thought his date was my favorite part of the season so far me too me too so Um, this date is good yes look we got some um, interesting feedback from this on the internet i posted about how much i like this date lots of people like "Mm, i don't know not feeling it we'll get there What? like look they're spending time inside the enclosures meeting the animals which first of all giraffes are the best animal zebras also good I'm a little concerned based on the recent rumors about Ellie that this is the date that they chose with the animals. <laughs> but um, I'm again was just mainly thinking about about Adam. Like I can't believe people didn't love this date. For me, it reminded me of 
Maddie J and Georgia Love's date. I don't remember totally. what they did. Totally. Like, did they play croquet? Like, anyway, yep, the point they is that did he... did play croquet, yeah. Okay, all right, because I could not remember and I couldn't find it anywhere. And he came, like, he'd been a little bit quiet, but then he kind of emerged as this, like, funny... Funny, sweet randomly guy. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah like, mm. great guy. And by the end of the season, everyone was in love with him and then he became The Bachelor. And I kind of felt like this was a bit of a coming out party for Adam. Yep. Where, okay, like, now we love him. If there was Bachelor in Paradise, I feel like he would be chased... For sure. Chased by a mob of women. I think he may be a bit quiet to be the bachelor, but I feel like I clearly like him. But I feel like now we're seeing he's like a great guy. Like he could be a part of the franchise in like an important way. And what they give us is the same confessional. So this date goes really well, spoiler alert. But like afterward, Ellie's like, I'm really surprised. I didn't see this coming from Adam. And it's the same confessional that Georgia Love gives about Maddie J. It's a okay. sort of thing that like mm. makes us really invest and fall in Mm. love with this guy ellie tells adam at this point giraffes have the biggest heart for a (laughs) land animal and i looked this up the biggest heart for a sea animal who would like to guess I mean, I'm going to lay down the obvious one and say maybe a blue whale interesting go with whale i feel like i was i was gonna i can't i'm not gonna i'm gonna i don't don't have another answer (laughs) that's not whale is it my friend max quinn beautiful dolphin boy samuel who was sent home in episode one Oh. I thought they had the biggest brains. Well, as it turns out, also the biggest heart. No questions. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's all big in there. It's friggin' Texas. <laughs> the good thing about having the largest heart of any land man- mammal, by the way, is that in many cultures, the heart is used to represent love, which is oh, yeah. something we learned And so next, the rig is out. Ellie surmises that it probably was chiseled by the Greek people who chiseled the Greek statues, (laughs) which I love. That's authentic and Greek. Mm. Look, she's painting Adam's hot torso. We get the twinkly piano, and I'm starting to think, like, I would like this. This is... I would like them to be together, and suddenly the strings are swelling and pulsing, and we get a really romantic kiss, and this is the first time... This season that I've really felt it. Like, my cold, dead, analytical heart is beating for the first time since Paradise. But can I just say, like, I don't I don't know if I feel it between Adam and Ellie. Maybe because I'm like, mm, I know I'm married, but, like, he's with me. <laughs> but also, I mean, I think he's great. And I, again, think he should be chased by a mob of women in Paradise. Or even uh-huh. be The Bachelor with his hot brother, if he has one, if that's something right. we're doing. Sure. But, like, for them... I don't know if I felt it. Maybe because I feel like she has more chemistry with someone like a Fraser. She obviously has a history with Joe. Yeah. I don't feel like he leapfrogged them on the state, but I feel like he leapfrogged into my heart. I think that's I got the a point. lot of yeah. like, I got a lot of like, Adam is a really good guy vibes, but I didn't really, I think I, maybe I disagree with you in the sense that I didn't think that he really popped as a TV person. Like but you I saw could, his abs. I did, did you see, see his abs. His there hair? are some other abs that I've seen. Yes, I know. He's very good looking. But I'm like, in terms of like charisma and personality, maybe but it's just shy. like he's a bit reserved. He's like Heath Ledger <laughs> and things I hate about you. Of course. No, <laughs> Have I, you seen I, that movie? Yeah, it's a great film. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like were he to be the lead of Bachelor, we have seen it time and time again where like someone who has an interesting, like someone who we think would be an interesting Bachelor, it will get sort of squished down out of them. I feel like, you know, like somebody mm-hmm. like Richie or whatever yeah, Richie. Yeah. had a lot of like interesting, funny little quirks that when it came time for him to be the bachelor, it wasn't about that anymore. And I feel like, you know, I wouldn't rule it out necessarily, but I think that if, if he were to be the bachelor, maybe it's just because of that, uh, uh, you know, 
timidness or whatever, but I think he would bow to the wishes, and maybe that's why he'll eventually get cast, I don't know. But, you know, like, I feel like that stuff could so easily be lost in the translation to him being on another show. Do you know what I think is give it time because this man is 24 and he's been on TV for six weeks. And I think that once we as a nation realize how much we love this man Mm. and the desire is there, they're going to teach him how to be on TV. And I don't think that it's going to be that much of a stretch for him to roll around. And perhaps it even happens this season as someone who develops and feels starts to feel comfortable in his own skin as a TV character. The only thing that we're not considering right now is that nobody in the entire world, apart from the three of us, is watching this season of The Bachelorette. <laughs> I know, right? Next like, no year... one's on, the, on Twitter, right? Yeah. yeah. I feel like no one's on Twitter. It's empty. Next year on The Bachelor, we will not <laughs> see someone from this season. I agree. We will see a bankable name or we will see someone from a previous season who had more viewership. That is a really good point. Yeah. I mean, I think it depends. Like, if there was going to be a Bachelor in Paradise, for example, yeah. which there isn't, he he would, like, I, I don't know if he has, as you said, like, kind of the stature for the, the lead right now, but I do think he'd be the most covetable man in Paradise, which is why it's sad they've gotten rid of Paradise, because mm. this year it was Kieran. Like, imagine a world where that's Adam. That is a mm. much better world to me. Yeah. But, and then maybe if, if that doesn't work out, but he's not a jerk please um then <laughs> then he can maybe we, we're invested in his story and then he could be the lead but considering there is no paradise like kind of and no one is watching the season there isn't really a pathway for him i guess so yeah right you've broken my dreams <laughs> <laughs> it's okay but now he's free right i'm married like, yeah, you're just break <laughs> up. it's fine <laughs> Like, it's only a dream. Like, I would rather he actually practically got the opportunity. Right, right. It's important for him. And at this point, I think that he will be a front runner for when they inevitably bring Paradise back in a couple of years after they realize how horribly they've miscast this season. Ellie does a really good job of body painting Adam. I also wanted to point this out. Yeah. His giraffe front was really good. (laughs) You weren't looking at the torso? I, like I was, I didn't see the paint. Uh-huh. You're looking beyond the paint. I get uh-huh. you. Yeah, yeah. Look, couldn't see it. Yeah, it's it's all about what's behind the paint. You know. Mm. 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 She also see. I go hard in the paint, but that's just me. Okay, <laughs> LeBron James. Yeah. Um, Adam then paints Ellie. He doesn't do a very good job. There's more kissing. Um, this is where we hear the bit about how Adam is surprising Ellie. It is different to what she has with the other men, and I'm thinking Adam's good. And then Ellie has brought in a rock collection that she has herself from when she was a kid in this little so, bespoke box with a red trimming. A hundred questions about this. Okay. Because it's predicated on the fact that Adam is a geologist, right? We've talked about him. Yes. He's a rock boy. He's a pebble man. He's he rocks. Like, yes. Geology rocks. He does. He rocks. We've all agreed. How did Ellie know? What like she just was bringing her rock collection in case there was going to be a rock person on the show? Well, I think she said in confessional or even to him as this was playing out, she was like, "When I learned that Adam was a geologist and he talked about rocks on the first night, I've been trying to find a way to get my rock collection from Newcastle down to Sydney." How? Okay, but here's no, the but thing: <laughs> no one has ever days. traversed that voyage. <laughs> Generations would have had to pass. I think exactly. Joe brought it with him. <laughs> Wait, but Joe is in Sydney now for this competition. No wonder I he's he so was, like, old and withered. Yeah, I thought. I, no, I thought maybe he's like he's like been banned from the city. Like, did he do something that they were like, "You're banned from Never this again. institution"? Yeah, yeah. He was part of the children? kids' Sydney clothes Three. party or something. Yeah, I don't know. There's something weird going on there because it shouldn't be a problem. So- also, 
So the rock thing. Yeah, let's talk about the rock thing. Like mm-hmm. when you're like when you when you're like he's a geologist. When you're like passionate about something and someone tries to bond with you about it, but they they don't know any. Like sometimes I feel when someone's like talks to me about Survivor, but they'll say something like, "Oh, like that's like I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here." And I'm like, mm, "Better mm. if you said nothing." Yes. Though. Yeah. So do you feel like this was that, but in rocks? <sighs> I thought it was cute. I thought it was her trying to come to him on his level from and her position of power falling, though. yeah think, totally yeah. but mm-hmm. i still think that that's endearing you know what i mean because she's at least being like hey i see you for who you are rock boy look i like rocks too here they are in a box I she think... doesn't like rocks like that would offend me like, you don't even know a rock like you don't even know that you don't like rocks like, that's offensive i guess like being a geologist and i don't want to speak for any geologists that may be listening but i feel like it must be an interesting like perspective to come from in the sense that like 99 percent of people who aren't geologists don't give a shit, right? Like I feel I'm like a Survivor podcast, mm-hmm. like we are, like this is the same exact comparison. Yep, this is Maybe one to right. But yeah. I feel like pe- people who are not specifically passionate about rocks literally know nothing about rocks and wouldn't even begin to like talk about it. Yeah. Whereas like Survivor presents itself to you as a product to learn about. Whereas rocks, like I think. <laughs> They're not their marketing campaign. I don't know the I mean, marketing I, campaign I, behind rocks. Big Rock have got some work to do. Yeah, and yet pe- we've been discussing rocks for like twenty minutes. Well, this is why it's this important it, to have you know? somebody like uh, like Adam to yeah. really yeah. be a representative. Look, I mean, people have talked for a long time about the interference of rocks in the twenty sixteen political election. Political <laughs> election is what I've called it. Uh-huh. Here's time what to move on. One of the most political elections we've seen in recent years. <laughs> I feel like if I were to be like Adam, I love rocks too. I'd bring in like a picture of like. The rock. For sure. That's, yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. rock. Yeah. Like. Maybe this is why I'm not connecting with Adam so much, is because there's already a big muscly rock man in my heart. <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, can I pitch you this? He makes the final two. His speech to her is like, Ellie, you're my rock. Mm. Mm. Through this it's, whole experience. Or he's going to give her a rock. Like, it's no country ring. Joe's. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's not. It's no country Joe's. Um, I'm back on. It was great. I'm, I can't deny. It's really good. For old men? <laughs> Joe's country mic. for old men. At this point, Adam tells Ellie that uh, he doesn't want to be the shy guy anymore. And for that matter, he doesn't want to be Yoshi or Toad or Koopa Trooper. <laughs> Mamma Mia, he's a full-blown Mario and he's stepping up his communication game. He asks if his never being in love is going to be a problem and he opens up about his past and how he's ready to fall in love and be emotionally available and they kiss again and it's pure and I really love it. And I know that the show is doing this to me, but I'm ready to go for it with Adam. And I think that it's sort of like... Does it feel to you like in amongst a sea of meatheads, mm. the show is kind of throwing us a bone here? A rock. How could you? How, ah, could you how do I miss it? You're how did I miss so it? offensive. Uh, I do like that, you know, he is compared to Tarzan here on this date. Uh-huh. And I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because the 1999 Disney animated movie Tarzan is on my list of movies with dancing skeletons. <laughs> So, oh, yeah, I admire maybe he your wins. commitment to the bit so hard. Like, uh, I, like, I feel it. You, uh, so th- we'll throw him a bone for that. For the dancing bone, skeleton. You went with bone again? Yeah, because yeah, of skeleton. Yeah, but still. <laughs> Do you we wanna... have to agree to disagree on this bone. <laughs> Do you want to squeeze in the mini date at the batch pad here between Sam and Becky, or do you want to skip it entirely? It doesn't matter. Uh, 
I, I mean, the only thing I want to talk about with this is like... I forgot this happened. Yeah. It, well, it's a weird structural thing, which is which is maybe worth talking about. It's in the, the sense mini day. Like, it's the mini day. It's the like, we forgot to film as much footage as we should to pat out an episode slash, you know, we actually didn't do anything with Becky again this time. Whoops. <laughs> like, Becky is here and we need to re- remind people that she's on the show. We need to like water those plants or whatever that metaphor was. Um, what are those rocks? So they thank do, you. Yeah, thank you. They do like a little bit of pasta making, except there's no sign of an actual like pasta maker or anything. So what they do <laughs> is they just like knead the dough and then like put flour on each other, which is such a standard like batchy, fun, messy date thing. One hundred percent of all food fights, right? Right, not, exactly. Like, Has to have only yeah. happened on these shows. <laughs> yes, <laughs> true. And then, but then suddenly out of nowhere, there's a full bloody like bolognese lunch, which I'm like <laughs> very curious about how this happened. And then they sit down to chat and I'm like, great, we're going to hear some explanation. We're going to hear this like a, is this a, a, a menu log? Is this like a you foods? Is this like, you know, how did it happen? But instead of focusing on their pasta, they focus on their past. And uh, I thought of that pun and then I stopped paying attention. I don't remember what they said. Yeah, it was a good tweet. It was, yeah, yeah look, <laughs> we finish it. Yeah, look, we finish it 180 characters and the rest of it, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> here is where uh, Sam questions Becky about um, the whole cheating thing. And he's like, when did it happen? And she's like, oh, I'll never, ever do someone again. I despise cheating. It's the most despicable never thing that you can do. <laughs> mm, who can say what I said at this point? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Sam says, uh, don't be ashamed of it because it's made you who you are today. And they kiss and we get this voiceover from Becky about how Sam's amazing and they're totally smitten. And my question again is, what do we know about this man through five episodes? Nothing? That he cares about cheating, but not enough to... Like, he cares enough to know, but not... Not enough to act on it. React based on it, yeah. Yeah, that's enough, right? This is date over. It's cocktail party time. And here is where we learn the important stuff. Adrian's learned to juggle everybody and good for him. (laughs) Now, because he didn't juggle on the talent show, right? That's right. Yeah, he struggled to juggle. He kind of refused to do it. (laughs) That's right. Juggle struggled. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And look, we also learn that... He, hacky sucked at it. (laughs) (laughs) We also learn that tattooed pierced wakeboarder James is completely forlorn at this point he wants to explain to ellie what happened with his cheating but he'll have limited time because ellie and adam are clearly stuck in traffic on the way back from their date in western sydney and will be late to the party that's Mm. why you don't want to travel more than an hour of distance this is it Mm. 25 kilometers people away Mm -hmm. from your home otherwise get back to your shack Mm, but- that's relationship breaking, I think. Like if it's a long drive, <laughs> I mean, Joe could at this point, Joe could pretty much get through just this one podcast right. on the way to Ellie, and, and he's so <laughs> tall that it's like four steps anyway. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> Such a bad reason. I'm just so unimpressed <laughs> with it. <laughs> but Becky is here, and thank God because we make the most of this time of you know Becky being alone, soaking up all of the attention at the cocktail party by giving her literally zero camera time and doubling to back down on this weird thing with Fraser and Joe and Ellie. Right. I do want to say Joe looks good in pink here. Yeah, I I spotted that too. He was very dapper. The Oxford shirt (laughs) with the, like, bow tie and the pink suit jacket, this is a good look for him. I had that thing of, like, obviously he's just in the peripheral, like, in the background, and I'm like, who's that in pink? Yeah. I thought Osher had turned up for a second. (laughs) Oh, my God, no, don't. Don't be mistaken. This that man is yeah. not on this season. No, complete fucking absence. Can I? Can I make? I don't, I don't want to admit it. Why am I doing this on air? I don't have to. I'm okay. 
until I listened to a podcast last week, like I didn't realize that Osha was editing himself oh. in. I thought that like I, I well, can't like good, right? that's I mean, great. They're, they're that means the show's doing, no. Yeah. I feel so. I feel so. I feel like the kind of people on the Survivor Facebook page who think it's on like live. Oh um, my god! <laughs> but then once you said it, I was like, he hasn't been at the group date, right? Yeah. And then I said it, and yeah. I said to my husband, I'm like, they've edited him in, and my husband also was like. Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> we deserve each other. As soon as you notice it, it's one of those yeah. things. Yeah. Oh my god! I know, and now I can't unsee it, and I just I can't believe that I've admitted that. I that look. It's so obvious in hindsight. I'm so pissed off because I would have, and I've said it a few times before, but I would have really liked to see what Halloween costume we would have shown up in. <laughs> they could have done that after the fact, they right? Just don't want to. Right? They yeah. Just don't care. They just literally hate me specifically. <laughs> hey, we'll get to it. One of their three viewers. Like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Here's where Fraser again says to camera, how do you interpret a weekend? And what does that mean before offering, if I had a weekend away with a girl, I would have happiness and laughter and maybe even an adult cuddle. Happiness and laughter? Are you writing to fucking Mary Poppins? (laughs) (laughs) This was sickening. It was bad. This is bad confession. Bad job, Fraser. I don't have any other way to put it than you did a bad job of this confessional. I was very pro Fraser. I mean, as much as I was pro anyone over the last sure. couple of weeks. And this episode, I think it just kind of dropped off. I was like, was it the, the nudie run? Isn't connecting. Yeah, I mean, the nudie run, I don't know. It's kind of par for the course. I felt a little uncomfortable about the fact that he clearly had done several nudie runs before in the house. <laughs> I was like, I feel like we just started this season. <laughs> like, that's a feature that you don't unlock until everyone's a bit more comfortable around each other. But. And all the boys are like, yeah, look, we've seen it before. It's all fine. No worries. Yeah. Everything's fine. Keep moving on. Right, exactly. They're like, he's just going to go keep doing that and we're going to keep proceeding what the we're day. doing. Yeah, and yeah. in... That manner, Adrian, Fraser, and James are calling Joe over to discuss what has happened with him and Ellie. And in confessional, James says that the boys are spitting chips, which is mm. fine, I guess. You know, it's bullying and bro culture, but whatever. And Joe, I think, handles it pretty well. Like, he deflects, chips he says... Are- very tasty, but they are quite high in calories. So you can get if you can get the flavor and then spit like then you won't have that. It's a pandemic. Yeah, you're right. We're not. You whatever you we're like, spitting nothing. I don't mean to police anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Joe says Ellie's answer is my answer, and then to camera he says if Ellie wants to tell him, Ellie can tell him, and that's good for Joe. But he like I also feel like he's the best of a bad bunch almost in this situation, and not much more than that. Is that fine? Is that yeah? When I pull the, like, oh, their answer is my answer at uni, suddenly I'm plagiarizing. (laughs) (laughs) They take away my course credits. (laughs) Unfair. In walk Ellie and Adam, who has a rose. Surprise, surprise. Adam is done up in a tux, and James is devo about this rose. And he just kind of, like, we're watching this man slowly implode. Like, he's trying so hard to deal with his emotions. And to be fair to him, they're hard emotions to deal with, like jealousy and anger and upset. And we're just watching this man impale himself on his own feelings for the rest of the night. Like, we watch Aggie, who is also a contestant on this show, ask Remember him... him? No. Uh, <laughs> I've written it down, but I don't. Uh, he asks what conversation James needs to have with Ellie, and then James storms off. And then later, when the other boys are trying to get him to calm down, he yells, shut up! Max, do you have the window open right now with all of the names of all of the contestants? I do not. Okay. I will literally right now PayPal you $5 if you can tell me Aggie's full name. 
Agostino. Shit! <laughs> I didn't think that would work. <laughs> okay. Wait, is that it? Yeah, that's it. I didn't even oh, have to do the last, last name. name. What's his last name? Oh, I, f- I have no fucking clue. I was literally <laughs> talking about his last name. <laughs> what the easiest five dollars I've ever made in my life. Oh, damn it. I'm a fool. Mm. I want something. I wouldn't have been able to get Agostino, though. Damn it. I should have asked question? you then. Uh, yeah, what's, uh, I don't know, what's uh, Becky's full name? We haven't been told. <laughs> Beckestino. I would assume it's Rebecca, but it could be like Uzbekistan. Okay, I, I, can't tell you her, I can't tell you the long version of her first name, but I can tell you that she cheated in her early 20s, but like since then she's been cheated on and she feels really bad about it and she won't ever do it again. Fully regrets it. Right. Yeah. Staunchly against so yeah. It looks like I'm handing out <laughs> money. Stuff. Listeners, if you want to write in, I'll send you your $5 <laughs> as well. <laughs> So eventually James tries to make his move. He runs over to where Fraser and Ellie are situated on this batchy swing and he shouts down, Fraze, sorry to be a prick butt. (laughs) A prick butt. (laughs) Uh, Shannon, you talk about the importance of playing the social game all the time on Survivor. Let's Let's talk about James's social game here. How's he going? Like, I feel bad for James because I feel like he's so in his own head. Oh, yeah. But Ellie, like, does not... She is not thinking about him at all. No. So he's like, oh my God, she's going to get rid of me because I've cheated. Like, she doesn't even remember that he cheated. Yeah. She does not care, which is almost worse because you want her to be, like, kind of upset about it, then she'd be more invested in it. Right. But she's Um, just like, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously her sister had cheated, and that's something she's accepted. Yeah. Joe had cheated, and he's, like, her boyfriend, I guess. Yeah. So, like, why? I don't know. Like, he, he was so intense about this. Like, I feel like we're watching this man spiral. Totally. That's that's exactly what it is. And we hear his inner monologue being like, you know, uh, obviously I'm not getting a rose and this is, you know, not going to go well for me and this is not who I am and I need to talk to her. And, of course, the producers now call time on the cocktail party and James misses out on the chance to have a chat, which... At the exact moment that oh, James is like... Finally, I can go. I have a theory that there probably would have been plenty of time. And in fact, I don't even think that the cocktail party actually did cut off here. But like, because it was literally a voiceover. You don't see anyone say anything. True. They have like subtitle producer saying, you know, uh, actually, we're, uh, we're out of time. You got a time. You get, 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 get ready for the... Uh... And I'm just like, I'm not buying this. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Look, there is a rose ceremony next. There's nothing of consequence. Aggie goes home. His full name is Agostino. What do you mean nothing of consequence? <laughs> you made $5 out of it. <laughs> <laughs> we move on to The Bachelorette Australia Season 6, Episode 6. The recap concentrates on Ellie's history with Joe and the search for information. There's no mention even of the fact that Aggie goes home or the fact that I made $5. <laughs> There's no mention at all on of Halloween either. Nothing. Before... And now it's October 23rd. <laughs> right, we're well, close to the Halloween. Oh, yeah, because yeah, Halloween's clearly over it's at this finished. point, right? Yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, but we are thrown headlong into a double date. It is Becky and Ellie together with Fraser and Pete, the presumptive frontrunners, now both on their second dates of the series, which is considerably more time than any other man has received this season. Yeah, I have a big mm. like question hanging over this is on a structural level of like why we're doing second dates so yeah. early. There are plenty of people who haven't had a first date, but also if we're going to do that, why isn't that a plot point? Totally. You know, like the I mean as much as it is kind of a tired trope or whatever, the fact that the other men should be like I'm jealous this person's getting another date 
doesn't really register that much in this episode. Right. We get a little bit of like bloke chat later, but it's not even from the men who've maybe had like a mini date or or mm. something like that. This is the big question. Are these the winners? Well, it's weird because we're up to episode six. We're getting second dates. Yeah. And even when Becky is like, oh, it's right by where we had our first date. I'm like, well, that was four days ago. Yeah. So it's not like this like big memorable thing. Um, It's very odd. Not even Joe has had a second date, right? No. I mean, a first date. Joe's not even had a first date. Yeah. Like, I'm wondering, yeah, is are they just that into them? Or is I was thinking, is it just symptomatic of, there are so many thefts at so few people so quickly that we can yeah. get to those second dates. Like all of these guys you would think will have their time, but the fact that they like rush these two again to the beginning of the pack feels like mm. crazy to me. It feels Has Shannon crazy. had any single So he had time? the first country double one. date. Oh that's right. Remember yeah, he was course. part of the double date combo? Yeah, that's Yeah, right. it's also crazy because that was with Harry. So she's basically been on a single date with Fraser, Harry, and Fraser again. Yeah. Like, that's it, right? Like, yeah. other than the Batch Mansion thing with James. Yep. And Adam now. Yep. And that's kind of... But that's all her guys, I guess. That's kind of the thing. Like, we've yeah. cut so many so early in the season that, in, like, it doesn't make sense that we would have lost fucking six people in the first two episodes because there's only really, if we're to divide it this way, ten men for each woman, which makes for a shorter season, which makes right. the character development so important, and we'll get to it because... This is where I think the show is really trying its best to deliver on that promise of there being two bachelorettes who are sisters. Like, Becky wants to see what Fraser is like, and Ellie wants to see what Pete is like, and how they fit for their family. And, hmm. like, that's that's the most interesting dynamic that this show has to offer, in my opinion. Like, the actual factual vetting of your sister's potential partner, I think is good. The idea that you can have that like late late in the season episode where you run the person by your family, yeah, you could have that stretched out to an entire season makes for an interesting concept. I think they've avoided that largely, yeah, um, <laughs> up until maybe this episode. Yeah, there has been really little, like surprisingly little, focus on just the two women together, like talking things over, which I would have thought would be like a huge part of it. Um, I hate it has to, to be on... like under a waterfall or like staring out onto a beach. That's like what the lead boys do, right? But they could be chatting in that time, right? Like in the shower, but like not in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> but to the literal point where like they rock up on this date arm in arm talking to each other, and it's really staged, but it's also like you're reminded, like, oh yeah, they're sisters, they right. have this relationship. I hate to go on about the New Zealand season of Bachelorette because uh, we didn't cover it, and it's a you don't hate a... it, we love this. Well, okay, but it's relevant here because it is a huge part of that season of TV um, that every single episode, the women check in with each other. We are shown, like, them going over a list or, in fact, like a series of Polaroid photographs of all of the men. Yeah, right. With the host, like the Osher stand-in or whatever, and they're, you know, the host is saying, like, what did you think of this one? And what did you think about this? And, like, did that date go well? And that kind of thing. There's so much more actual attempt to, like, bring the viewer into the decision process. Whereas, for some reason, here, they're trying to obscure that as much as possible. And so we get to the end of episodes, and time and time again, we're just like, oh, I guess maybe Aggie said something wrong, like, three episodes ago or something. Or maybe there was just nothing there with whoever the fuck. And it's why it's so dissatisfying. There's no reason for Aggie to have been sent home that the show provides us, which is kind of, like, why he's so meh. And the same with Damo, who has a great quote later in the episode, but it doesn't have anything to do with his connection with the women. Mm. So... 
this is this is a good idea. And I'll tell you what else is good, Zavi. Please sound the horn because it is our boat date. Aren't we just hammering all of the cliches home here? Ellie and Fraser <laughs> and Becky and Pete getting these tiny little red speedboats and they fang it around the harbour and we can't hear a word that they say or mm. learn a thing about them. The closest we get no. is when Becky says, how about this, eh? Right. <laughs> Before we rock I up. I guess they like boats. I guess oh. you could surmise that oh, they, they enjoy. Oh, they love boats. They love boats. I got, I got that much. They yeah. toasted to boats. Yeah, right. And then they're like, oh, and love, I guess. Right. It's like, what, what show are you on? You're not on the Bachelorette. Like, you know what you're for, right? Right, right. They're like, without this boat, we would be drowning. <laughs> Thank goodness for however boats work. They love boats. Like, that was a very big revelation about And them. what yeah. they love even more more than a boat? A super boat. Xavier, sound the horn again. I just, I want to hear it one more time. <laughs> Is this is this a super boat date? Oh, have we ever had one of these? This is boatception. Like they got on boats <laughs> yeah. to another boat. Then they should have gone on that boat to a bigger boat. That's right. Yeah, yeah. They fall asleep, but they're sleeping inside a boat. What? Or you zoom out and you realize that the boat is floating on the pool that is on the back deck mm. of a bigger boat. That's cool. There we go. That's what they can do with all those cruisers that are out of commission. Right. Right. Yeah. So we've upgraded from a speedboat to a luxury liner in order to have chats on a seaborne batchy couch. Uh, Shannon is a fair to call it a boachy couch. If I can, if I can follow. <laughs> no, that's, that's that's good. Thank that, you so it much. should be called the Boachula from now on. Like we know more about the boats than we do the leading ladies. Like we should definitely dub it that. Yeah. So Queen Elizabeth II and Fraser are seated starboard. <laughs> and... Fucking far lap, is that a boat? I don't know. Becky and Pete are likewise also on the boat. And Ellie comes right out and asks what Pete likes about Becky. And so I like this because Pete is eloquent in his answer, but it's also not at all about what Pete has to say, right? It's about the sneaky shark music that they pipe in underneath as Ellie asks the camera whether or not Fraser would be able to express his feelings for her in the same way and like whether or not ellie and becky deliver on the promise of what this could deliver is up for debate but i think that at least what we're we're reaping what we've sown in terms of narrative and drama because ellie sees firsthand something that's cool about how pete is speaking about becky and she wants the same about her date from fraser you know like i think that's line them up knock them down Good job, show dramatic stakes. Do we agree? Yeah, I mean, the stakes, though, as always, are like, he hasn't opened up to me. I mean, it's yeah. your second date. Mm. He will open up to you on this date. Right. Mm. He clearly does like you. You yeah. have a good connection. Like, this is a nothing problem. So, in <laughs> terms of, like, This is my interpretation stakes, as well, Shannon. I was just like, it's just, like, so many of these conversations will be solved very quickly by you just talking some more. And... Like this is some of the stuff that was wearing on my patience with this with these couple of episodes of just like, just give it some time. You right. know, like I guess she wants to know, like, if I were to move two hours away, like, would that be a deal breaker for you? Would you think <laughs> our love has like to go some distance? Not a lot of distance, not even like a full tank of gas, but definitely yeah. like maybe half of that. So if you can show her that 
he is beating her other front runner. Right, and good. <laughs> that's that's kind of the thing. Like Fraser's going the distance, he's going with speed. The whole thi- the the whole cake, you know? Um he's having his cake and eating his drama cray too. What's happened here is that like they have shuffled Becky and Pete to the front of the boat, Shannon, you tweeted about this. Yes. Well, okay, the justice for Becky thing is, like, it's really, truly a thing to hear. <laughs> Becky, Becky is, like, the person that producers have, like, forgotten at kindergarten, and then at, like, 7 p.m., like, oh, my God, oh, my God, we forgot oh, Becky. Shit, Becky. Better give something to Becky. So I was just surprised that Becky, because, you know, usually Ellie will have her date on a couch with candles, and Becky's, like, in the storage room. I was surprised that <laughs> Becky wasn't, like, floating in the water. <laughs> like, in the cold. Um, waiting, and I also was surprised later in the episode that she also got to wear a wedding dress. Like I thought she was coming out in a bridesmaid. Like, <laughs> didn't make her do that, that. They both did it. Yeah, I know. Th- yeah. Those things are expensive. Yeah, and mm. and they actually acknowledged that Becky is a lead. But I, I, I thought that in terms of the justice for Becky movement, I thought it was hilarious here that because her team won later in the episode, it should have been like the first episode where she got. She got. Oh, she was the only one to kind of get that like individual time that Ellie also didn't get. Right. And then Joe had to make a date for Ellie. So I was like, oh, I guess she also kind of got a thing. Ellie yeah. so got a thing, so it doesn't they matter. They cannot. They cannot. Like, there'll be no time where Becky is like the primary sister. Let right. Becky live. Yeah. We're <laughs> here to talk about logistics and what are they? You know, do they require spreadsheets? <laughs> is an algorithm needed? I'm confused. The idea yeah. is that Pete lives in Adelaide and Becky lives in. Newcastle and okay, how long is that to drive? I'm looking it up because this is like five Joes. This is like five times. Well, I reckon it's more than five. I reckon it's like thirty Joes. Yeah, that's a lot. It, wait, okay, hang on. How many hours is it? It's not sixty hours. It's let's say it's it's thirty hours between okay. Adelaide and so it's fifteen Joes. I reckon. Let's let's just give it that between Newcastle and Adelaide. At the very minimum, you're up and down the Hume for fifteen hours. They're saying they can make that work. Oh. Impossible. I don't think it's possible. And why it's not possible is that Pete runs a business in Adelaide. And the beautiful thing here is that he's running his his business to try and grow his business to support his youngest brother, Luke, who has had a brain injury. I love when we get this sub story about someone that I like. Because Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah, that's true. Like, it's like, oh, cool. You know, like, Pete has this thing where he's committed to his family and his brother's unwell, but he's also running a business and he wants those things to coalesce in such a way that he can take the load off his parents. I loved, I love this for Pete. Did anyone else look at this and think like, as Becky says, like you're a good man, Pete. Yeah. I mean, it it pains me because again, I'm in this incredibly irrelevant petty bet with my husband that my namesake will win. (laughs) And all he did was like grind up on her in a vaguely attractive way. (laughs) As dressed as a wolf compared to like <laughs> Pete, who's giving these amazing stories about, you know, caring for his brother, which might edge out the lap dance. Right. So, yeah. Unfortunate for me, but no, he seemed, he does seem like a lovely guy. I thought he seemed really genuine. Xavi, I saw you tweeted Osher about this. Yeah. Like I agree. I don't, I don't want to phrase this the wrong way because like I do, I do think that this softened Pete a lot for me. Yeah. The story about his brother. I think that's like, um, you know that that's i like pete a lot i think specifically the line about like wanting to work so that like build his business to a point that he doesn't have to work anymore 
that to me like felt like it caused a bit of a disconnect in just this in the sense that like I can never picture that happening. And uh-huh. I think there are a lot of people who will probably be watching this who feel the same way of being like, that is not something maybe it's aspirational. You know, I I, I had the, I had the, like this uh seemingly like a one way debate with Osha Ginsburg who didn't really seem that interested in pursuing it, which is very fair <laughs> enough. But like I was it, I just sort of like was thinking out loud about how like the Bachelor franchise is aspirational like that's yeah that's part of what it is um but also like as a viewer who is trying to find things to connect to these men over hearing him say that like um you know talk about this as if it was a goal that he could achieve within the next couple of years and that like it could be the building block of a relationship is like oh well pretty soon i'll have worked out a way where i just passively receive income and don't work like that to me just feels like he's from a different planet like i don't relate (laughs) to it I get you, but is like, is it not just like he's talking about DIY? Do you know what I mean? In a certain sense, like he's just trying to make something cool that allows him to. What do is his business? What he's a cafe. He runs owner. a cafe. Okay. Yeah. Well, because well, right. So I mean, it's I'm I'm like an employee of something. I don't own a business. Me too. Hmm. So I guess it's I guess he's kind of getting to the point where he can maybe manage it from somewhere else and yeah. just kind of put enough people in place I to kind of oversee it. Yeah, rather than being like. I'll do nothing. Like he'd still be the owner. He might even be trying to open other franchises or whatever it is in other places, but build it up so he has enough people he can trust kind of on the ground and the financial aspects of mm. that. Yeah. I'm giving a lot of like, you know, leeway to Pete because I haven't been, he has endeared himself to me in this one conversation. Yeah. <laughs> me I, I mean, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I guess like, I had had a hard day of work on Thursday. <laughs> but I do think, like, there are probably, you know, like, I'm, like, another, like, middle-class white dude who is watching this show and is like, oh, well, I guess that is somewhat aspirational or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I would also like to not have to work that much and to be able to, like, oversee a business from a long way away or whatever. But I could just picture... I was putting myself in the shoes of a lot of people who I could imagine watching this show and just being like, hey, fuck you. you know? <laughs> sure. Except no one is watching the show but us. So you're <laughs> That's true. That's totally true. Yeah, I am the strongest voice against this in all of yeah. <laughs> that. It didn't thing. offend either of the other of us. No, like, no, no. Yeah, we exactly. were here being yeah. like, this is totally yeah. fine. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm not sitting here from the, like, pervasive punk sense of, like, all-encompassing self-denial. Um so we're all fine you know i think it's realistic mm. and aspirational to be able to live comfortably and fuck landlords though okay? Fu- yeah like, okay all right yeah. yeah and and cops for that matter look yeah <laughs> of course yes it's it is okay for pete to want to be able to live to be able to look after his sick brother and when becky says you're a good man pete i think he's a good man i think he's terrible uh <laughs> isn't the pun on that like he, his name is pete man Oh yeah, yeah, that's also he said, true. You're his surname's man, man. Pete Man. Yeah, so yeah. He's, yeah, he's a literally a good man. You could have said sweet man. You're a sweet you could have man. Said, Pete you're man. a sweet man, Pete Man. <laughs> I hate to punch you know, off the show. In the show, time but... where Becky was like being told about this like horrifying family incident, she probably wasn't like Pete Man. <laughs> sweet what Pete Man? man what can yeah. I do with that? Eats man. <laughs> sweet man. <laughs> Just like counting them. <laughs> Well, it turns out that Pete Man isn't Michael a deets man, man because um, nothing is resolved on this date in terms of logistics. It's all swept on the rug. Peter's like, it'll work itself out. Well, the logistics is that they wouldn't end the relationship based on like a medium level distance mm. that is considerably further than Newcastle or Sydney. Based on 15 it's good draws. To know that, yeah. yeah, it's good to know that he would be in it for the medium haul of that difficulty. <laughs> like they don't live in Perth, okay? Yeah. It'll okay. be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not no? Rock Adam. We're okay. 
Yeah, like it's. It's not also that like bad. probably on a like subtextual level, like uh, Becky has probably heard enough to be like, I will make this work because he is like this emotionally good person or whatever. You like you know like the you you are able to sweep those things away because you're like I like him as a person totally. But you you go on the Bachelorette as the lead and you're thinking like. I'm not necessarily going to find someone in Newcastle unless they're literally the person I'm dating. And even then I've moved to Sydney. (laughs) Anyway, but like, you know that you probably will meet someone, especially if you're coming from Newcastle, that doesn't live where you live and you'll have to deal with that and work it out and you're prepared to do that. Yeah. Um, So it's not like it's not a deal breaker, I wouldn't say. Yeah. Next, it's Fraser's turn to open up. Becky basically asks him to communicate using his words rather than a primordial series of grunts and <laughs> to his credit he's pretty good at it he says that receiving receiving one of the last roses at the rose ceremony has really lit a fire under him he tells ellie i want someone who's genuine trustworthy has a big heart from what i've seen that's like a you. giraffe <laughs> <laughs> you're genuine you're a good person you've got a big heart I feel like you're a genuine person. I feel like he's just learned the word genuine. (laughs) (laughs) But Ellie says that Becky says, this is where it gets, this is where two bachelorettes is too much for me. Ellie says that Becky says that Fraser reminds her of their dad. Mm. Okay. Uh, Look, she says, I've got a soft spot for you. I've had it right from the start. It's pretty rare for me to get feelings for someone. The way that I feel about you, I haven't felt about someone in a long time. To the camera, she reveals, I feel like we were made to kiss each other. Imagine what it would be like to meet your soulmate. Do, do we need to watch the rest of the show? It's so, yeah. It feels really obvious. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of like on US Bachelorette. Yeah, where... I was going to say, like, it's the less obvious one of the two Bachelorette franchises right. last night. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is two last night. <laughs> <laughs> it's really strange. But like, yeah, I mean, if you, if anyone listening doesn't know about it, but essentially like the current U S bachelorette, Claire, uh, Cl- Claire, yeah. Um, has picked someone basically straight away. Um, and you know, At this is, sight. yeah. And this is kind of leaked out because essentially like it has broken the show that she is so certain that she's going to like leave maybe. And like, they're going to have to bring in another bachelorette. Like it's really, Crazy, crazy, and very interesting stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, the way that because the rumor cycle and like Reality Steve and all these people have like broken this news uh, ahead of time, it's Monster pretty common events. knowledge going into the first episode that this is what the story is. And so, like what they're doing with COVID, because it's also like shot in a bubble. Um, it's very explicitly part of the show in the same way that it was for Lockie season of bachelor. Sure. Um, they are just talking about it right out of the gate and like spending plenty of time between the two people who will end up together. And that's almost what it feels like here. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that's cool, but I also objectively know nothing about Fraser. Like even in comparison to Pete, you know, I don't know what Fraser's job is. I don't know what his interests are. I, I mean, for that matter... He's a feral, I believe. He's a feral, okay? There, he's a concreter. There are t- the two personalities on this show are anger interests, right? This man has interest in anger, and then this other man, his interests are already had sex with Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. The, those are the... Potentially, mm. hypothetically. Yeah. Allegedly, who can say? Mm. Next up... Like long drive. Here are the notes that I took on this date, by the way, just for fun. Great, please, thank um, you. 
Fraser pours a cocktail from a big beaker. Thank you. That's all. <laughs> well, she says to Fraser, she says, I haven't felt this way for a long time. And it's like, well, you're currently dating all the others. That's right, not a good thing. right. What does Do that mean, mean like, for the rest of them? you mean like since the date with Adam two days ago? Or yeah. like a long time, like pre the show? Like, right. Stack the deck here. Not the best. Right. guys. So next yeah. up, everyone is invited to an obstacle course in their trainers and their penguin suits. Ellie and Becky are wearing... Wait, not actual penguin suits. We should clarify. Is that not... Okay, what's a penguin it suit? It would have been better, though. Yeah. Well, we saw a penguin suit on The Bachelor. Oh, you mean Rosemary. Mm. Correct. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now okay. that that is a permitted costume. All right. We okay, to... we're in tuxes, and <laughs> Ellie and Becky are wearing wedding dresses, and it's clear that we are... About to run an obstacle course in wedding gear, and that's... can we talk about the explanation for why oh. they're wearing wedding dresses? This or is like what happens. This is so costumes. fun. Becky says you're probably wondering how we ended up here. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. I am wondering. Thank you for that. And then <laughs> Can't she wait explains. To definitely find out. We're actually here to find love. <laughs> <laughs> then what the fuck were you wearing the rest of the time? <laughs> Before she then concludes. That is the conclusion of what I have had to say about why we are here and what we are here to do. The other thing she says is that we're going to, quote, race to the altar. Yes. Because they have made the finish line look like an altar. And dealing along the way with numerous roadblocks, <laughs> uh, detours, and narrative insertions from Phil Kean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to say, like, if I was on the show yeah. and this was a date, like, I would quit. Oh. Would, no, no man mm. is worth yeah, it. Yeah, no, this is not. Did you see that water? It looked fucking disgusting. It was sliding There's into COVID mud. in that water. During Ugh. COVID. I know during COVID. Yeah, you're not When one of sharing... them already is on antibiotics. Yes, let's oh. speak about that. Adrian. Adrian has been medically ruled out from competing in the challenge. The doctor has said, no, he's on antibiotics. We can't clear him. Which is to say that this man got sick at the mansion <laughs> during a pandemic. Uh, what are the optics here? I don't. He's not know. a good choice already. <laughs> yeah, if they were like, eight, like Adrian shut down. The set, they'd be like for Adrian, for Adrian, like for Adam, but for Adrian, but no. no. Yeah, look, and also this is the other thing: reality TV marriage boot camp is a whole other show that exists already. Mm. I was thinking this is probably about as Survivor as batchy gets really in terms of yeah. like a group challenge sort of situation right drowning them in mud is, <laughs> that's that very survivor right. yeah yeah and it was a tribe challenge mm-hmm. yeah i mean i guess i wasn't enjoying it i, I mean i don't really survivor. i don't like the challenges either. on survivor yeah, yeah. so yeah. there you go it, it, yeah, it yeah. actually does connect well yeah. done well done on the survivor team. <laughs> there you go hell yeah adrian is instead to be the referee of the obstacle course, which I didn't know was a required position. Oh, it is when Osh is not there. <laughs> like, what were they going to do? did not even realize Right? That. Anyway, so yeah, bad. true, true. And look, it does provide a lot of fun. Um, Adrian, if you don't remember, is the um, steampunk who was a suitor for Becky. And How could we forget? He says he wants to sabotage Ellie's team because the power has already gone to his head. He says, I'm going to be an asshole of a ref. And Becky, as it turns out, really, really likes this. Savy. She loved it. Could I could you <laughs> hand me my red flag? I would like to wave it, please. Yeah, absolutely. 
What does she say? She says, like, it's so attractive seeing Adrian being a referee and yelling at the boys. And I'm like, I do not relate to you anymore, Becky. I'm sorry. You've lost me. I don't. It was like he was a boat. It was weird. She loves it. (laughs) (laughs) This is another thing that we've learned about her is that she weirdly likes referees. Such an unfortunate mix of facts we have about Becky. The HMAS. Yelling? Yes, please. And look, I don't want to kink shame anyone. But who on earth is like out of the way, LeBron James? Let me get a good look at that there ref. All those like AFL boys in like tight shorts, get them out of the picture. Yeah. I, I mean, Shannon, how many refs can you name versus how many Hawks can you name? I can name one ref. Okay. And is that ref good? Is that I ref mean, hot? Depends what calls he's no, not hot, but depends what calls he's making, I guess. Yeah, I mean I get it's it's a good moment for referees. Like just like Adam. I feel like really advocated for rocks. Right, right. Referees never get such good press. Yes. So that's that was nice. Yeah. But it, it is nice to give like marginalized groups a bit of you know, ad, you know, advocating them on the show. Yeah. Look, we speak to that all the time here on the pod, and what I love about it is that she's like, "This man is on the tiniest power trip of his life. Break me <laughs> off a piece." <laughs> I want a moment for my favorite referee, whose name is Walter Day, and he is a video game referee okay. who I know from the movie The King of Kong, where he presides over like the official like uh, high score of the world of the game Donkey Kong, uh, and he appears in many documentaries and that sort of thing about the world of video gaming, always dressed in like a referee outfit, even though he's like a sixty-year-old bearded man. It's very fun. I like Walter Kong. Walter, his name's Walter Day. Okay. He did not name himself after Donkey Kong. <laughs> Walter <laughs> Donkey Kong. <laughs> Walter DK Day. <laughs> Look, it works for TV. Like, Adrian here is pretty good in confessional. He's funny. Yeah. He's, funny. he's like, I'm pretty corrupt. And then he says, they shouldn't have made me ref. And, like, he's clearly ripe to be someone who we love to hate in Paradise when they bring it back. Mm. Uh, like, he pulls Fraser up for... An obstruction, which again I did not know was a rule of obstacle course, and then he also flags Fraser for uh, incorrect disposal of the football, and then also existing, handing there's, the win to there's Tim. There's some Becky. splashing going on. Or yeah, something. I don't know. Why it are they listening matter. to him at all, though? Like he has no power. <laughs> like why are they doing it? What happens totally? when this man dons the Footlocker uniform? They're <laughs> yeah. all like, "Respect, Adrian." We, we bow down to they him. Had, like they went and did the things again that he made them do. Like why? Like. <laughs> I just be like, no, dude, no. And yeah, this is completely running. arbitrary. It's like, hey, dude, yeah. stop yelling at me. I'm not going to do that. Right. Absolutely not doing that. And so, out of all of this, Adrian ends up being the person who gets picked for the extra time. Hate it. Becky's like, I can see that he's cheated, and I like that about him. It reminds me of myself at that age. This whole week was cheating themed. Like, based obviously, true. we've talked about that cheating here. The the zoo had cheaters. Yep. It was like there was oh, a threat. True. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I look, I, I don't care about the sanctity of the rules of this like game or whatever, like, you know, whatever. But I do think that he has pretty consistently been one of the worst people on the show. Oh, for and, sure. Like, <laughs> like he truly like has given a real reason why he should no longer be here. He has said, like, I don't think we should think about the future. Like that whole thing was just like, please send this man home. It's weird that he's still there. And then he is given this spotlight where he can like worm his way back into the good graces and i can't believe it like people have been sent home for so much less but becky's into it and i think that's the key difference where she's like i think that he's hot you know and we talk about she 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 wants to find out if he's mr right or mr right now because obviously he gets the extra time they're in a hot tub 
They're in the hot tub. The... I noticed, like, definitely that yeah. was Irina in Loki's hot tub, right? Right, absolutely. Oh, the barrel yeah. that they have reused. Yeah, I hope they clean it. Yeah, especially. Like, be cleaning that out. And you might remember last week that they uh, spoke at the cocktail party about the future. And at this time, Adrian was like, hey, forget about it. And <laughs> now. But you... it's been like five days since then. Yeah. So we've changed his entire yeah. mentality on life and relationships. Right. Exactly. And so therefore, the one thing that we knew about him, he has now done a complete 180 on. He was like, that was then. That yeah. was Tuesday. <laughs> right. Now it's Sunday. Now I'm in a hot tub. <laughs> yeah, like... He says, I'm pretty invested in this moment. And yeah, I'm keen to see it through to the end. How, what, how romance? You mm. know, I just, mm-hmm. I just, I feel it in all of my bones in the same way that I felt it with the rock boy, you know? <laughs> they... Did he somehow find out that paradise isn't happening in between the last episode? <laughs> I love that. I love that. I, yes, it has to be it. Yeah. Right. So they kiss in the tub and Adrian in this kiss opens his mouth so wide that it looks like he's about to regurgitate for his young. <laughs> I was so grossed out by this and we cut straight away because it's time for a cocktail party and the competition has been dialed up and we just love competitive men Shannon I'm wondering if this was a season of Survivor who would win yeah this is, that's a tough question because I feel like well James is playing too hard yes James is the goat who you take to the end. So I think, like, I think Joe would win because, like, historically, if there's a returnee with newbies, they do really, really well statistically. Mm. And Joe has that advantage of has basically experience. being a returnee, True. yeah, that they don't have. I'd not so, considered that. Yeah. That puts him as a He's Boston yes. Rob. He's played, like, six times with these newbies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch a lot of Survivor, but I feel like AB would have come in with a bit of, like, an outside chance. AB, who, of course, disappeared incredibly quickly in the, on the first, first episode? episode. Yeah. Interesting. I He can literally do backflips, which I feel like is a pretty good, like, one-way ticket to the final bit. Mm, <laughs> final bit. <laughs> Look, let's say that the history of people of color yeah, on that show is sorted, unfortunately. Oh, is it one of those types of shows? It's not the best. Depends yeah. on the casting, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, My winner yeah, is I mean, Pete. Really? The I reason mean, he's, why? He's soft. Well, he's got the sob story for Final Trial. He's got the sob story. And he's sto- quiet yeah. enough to get there and unleash it. Yes. So the thing is, like, it, we talk about edging. We talk about editing. He disappeared for that first episode. And then in the next episode, he's back with a bang. We're all about Pete. And then at the cocktail party where all the drama is, he's back away again. He's in the shadows. He's controlling things. He's happy. He's in the pocket. I feel like that's a good survivor, survivor player. Yeah, I was going to say that he pro- like he seems lovely, but he maybe doesn't have the impact to win a vinyl vote. But True. now with the story, I do believe. And that's the kind of thing you, you keep till the end. You Brain don't tell injury. them. Yeah, it's the Jeremy Collins yeah. kid situation. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I love that. I still don't think it comes, you know, up against the experience of a weekend. True, true. I don't know what that means, but I know it means you've played the game before, so <laughs> you have an advantage. Does the show traditionally look fondly upon being able to do dolphin noises <laughs> in the is large catalog of examples we have about that yeah do those people usually go pretty far or? i know for a fact at least that um i was going to say that Ada would be idled out but i was going to say now rocked out right because it would break oh, my heart yeah, and it rocks. just feels right yep. yeah, yeah absolutely yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Look, it would be so ironic 
The one thing he loves. Yeah, the one thing I love is Burnley. <laughs> He'd like look at the rocks and be like, know everything about the thing that had screwed him over. Beautiful. I'm going to take this home and study it, see why it cursed me. <laughs> Smash it to pieces. <laughs> I will say, though, the person who made the most impressive llama noise in the history of Survivor is maybe the best player who has ever played. That Yeah, well, that's a good point. Like, the, the dolphin boy... Behind the crazy noises is the strategic king. We just didn't get to see it possibly. Yeah, Anyone can be it. anything. So that's it. And look, yeah, the potential. I'm here for a, a second chance for sweet dolphin boy whose name I've forgotten. As soon as His we name, get back of course, to Paradise, is Samuel. And I don't care if he goes on Paradise. I want him on Survivor now. <laughs> that guy is first boot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so zero for two. <laughs> We're at the cocktail party and Joe has made a meal of some sautéed Hylian mushrooms and grilled meat skewers for some alone time with Princess Zelda, I mean Ellie. It is the same food that they had on their first date in Newcastle and now he's trying to do a second first date. First of all, does this second date count? What is what is the recreation? Is it the same food? Is it the same decoration? of It was like a quite a plain white table. I was just confused about what... I think it was just the menu items, right? Oh, the yeah. Me- okay, so it was the food. But I think this is such a weird, like... Uh, I, don't, I don't really know what the thinking is here in terms of, like, you remember the first time that we dated and it didn't work. Um, I'm going to do literally exactly the same thing down to, like, the food <laughs> that we eat and see if, like, I don't know, now that we're on TV, I guess maybe that's Maybe that'll be better. Yeah. But, like, if it didn't work... And they're lying to us. And it didn't work because she wanted to be the Bachelorette. And he wanted to go on the Bachelorette. Sure. Now they're on the Bachelorette. Maybe. So it might work out. Maybe's mm. the time. Look, James says in confessional, I hope that he gets food poisoning. Which, out of all of James's bitterness, this is the only one that I'm really in favour of. Like, wishing a mild inconvenience upon your enemy is something that I can get right behind. Yeah, I laughed. <laughs> James is going full super villain though to an extent. Oh, like, yes. truly, absolutely, yeah. Every other thing that he says, I'm just like, I'm getting a very strange vibe from this man. But that one, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I get it. All right. yeah. <laughs> There's this beautiful Kevin. But Devine. also, like, if he gets food poisoning, like, definitely Ellie will get it. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 So anyway. It's really nice to see Joey check in here. Like we talked about this before. Ellie says she's finding it tough building connections with the boys and then making it okay in her own head about how whoa she's falling for this many men and it's almost like joey the friend has has Mm. come here to show up and check in and i was like this is the advantage this is what this man has over all of you that means that he is predisposed to end up with her at the end next for some alone time with ellie is james who says i've written you something and i've got you something now there's something that he's gotten her is a rock which is stolen valor to begin with i want to address that and it's also the second rock that this woman has been given this season as a gift. <laughs> but the letter is the true gift, and I want to read it to you. This is what it says. Okay. Are you ready? Do you think Rock Boy <laughs> gave him the idea? He's like, no, you should do it. No, she likes the rocks. Rock thing. <laughs> yeah. This guy's on a PR trip for rocks, and that's it. Like, he's a plant, ironically, for rocks. <laughs> And look how much time we spend talking about it. Like, it's worth it. It's worth true. It. Big yeah. He sponsored content. You, yeah. Next week, we're going to be sponsored by some rock company. <laughs> rock. Max and I are in yeah. a rock band. That's true. 
We're also pod- between a rock and a hard place with that. Yeah, we're podcasting <laughs> from Uluru next week. We'll uh, it'll be fantastic. Um, <laughs> for the Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I'm so sorry, but this was like you're gonna have to take what you were given. Uh, yes, yeah, probably right. I imagine you next week just with your arms crossed, looking really angry, like oh, in yeah, full costume, as you watch this completely. <laughs> Or like non-Halloween episode. No, I know, I know. I hope for your sake it's a little scary. Yeah, it usually is. <sighs> yeah, it's pretty reliable from this. Why show. is he eating her face? For sure. Yeah, there's a bunch of horrible men in a house. <laughs> <laughs> so James opens this letter, and he looks at Ellie dead in the eyes, and he says, "I have feelings for Eleanor that I have never felt for anyone before in my entire life." I'd be talking to her and I'd be busting to go to the toilet. <laughs> and I would rather piss my pants and sit here than go talk. Oh. God, I couldn't oh, even get through perfect. it. It literally never gets old. I don't know why, it's but that joke is funnier thing. every time I hear it. Uh, as soon as I heard him, I saw him open up the letter and I was like, I'm doing the thing. I can't stop myself. <laughs> Did you know Eilish has that as one of her alerts in her Twitch stream? Oh, really? Yeah, like when someone subscribes to her or whatever, it'll play that whole speech. <laughs> Go subscribe to Eilish Gilligan on Twitch and you get to hear it. Now, nah, what he says is, For the first time I laid eyes on you, I knew you were a bloody top miso. The physical attraction I had blows me away. And also, you're a grouse-looking chick, but also your big heart and your genuine good looks. Thank you, students and teachers, for listening. I now present you with this rock. <laughs> <laughs> And then genuinely, in all honesty... Did he really mention a big heart again? Are we touching on no, that for the third time? He did not do that. No, I no, made okay. it all up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> paying so much attention, clearly. <laughs> yeah, but it also does, it sounds like something he, he would say. It, That's why it mm. works. And the reason why is because he then says, whisper it, thank you, hmm. to The Rock, which I didn't get. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, P.S., you're so bloody sexy day in and trackies and undies out. And Xavier, the great bard has come that here. That part's true. Like that part, he actually said that part. I know yeah. for a fact. I think he said trackies and uggies, maybe. Oh, I don't know. He did not say, yeah. he didn't say undies. That's a very different connotation. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, look. But I, I, he definitely, because I remember thinking like, yeah, that's Shakespearean, just in like, yeah. know, wherefore out thou, right. trackies and uggies. To coin a phrase, yeah. Twas brillig and the slithy toad did gyre and gimble in the fucking shed down the paddock. <laughs> and so Ellie says, I really love this rock. poem, man. <laughs> that was more mimsy. Yeah, Ellie <laughs> says, um, I love this rock. Uh, and this is the point where I simply give up. Hope is lost. Look, she does love rocks. She, we love rocks too. Here on this yeah. podcast, we are all big rock fans. You'll never hear a bad word out of my mouth about any kind of rock. I simply love my soil and green and rocks. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm Igneous, at. Igneous. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep. The other Leviticus. one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do some research before next week's episode. I'm trying to think of different types of rocks. I keep yeah. thinking of the rock. I keep thinking of just <laughs> How much does that speak to like my my knowledge of rocks? Yeah, look, we're gonna get there, the three of us, with with rock chat, and in fact, it may be a breakout podcast that comes true from this episode. There's so many pun names that we could name that podcast. You're absolutely right, and yeah, I don't think there are that many podcasts exclusively about rocks in the market right now. There definitely has, like, as like I love podcasts, <laughs> but yeah. and like knowing if we found something that there's no podcast about. We should take it. But Adam might already do it. 
That's oh, true. Call oh, it rock hops. He would be an ultimate guest, though. Yes, yes. Okay, well, we'll 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 key it in. Like, what else? This will be I like doing? we're gonna have to have a business meeting about this after yeah. this call. Look, gang, okay. let's take it offline. We will set up an yeah. uh, an Australian business number. I think that's a fair yeah. thing. It's we'll a have a Slack step. chat. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Look, uh, after that, Damien gets sent home. Nothing else happens. Poor Damo. Probably. I don't care. Anyone? Sure. Does does anyone want to eulogize this man? Damien had one vox pop on this episode where he said, "There is literally nothing I would rather I would want to do less than be on this obstacle course." Yeah. Which I think is maybe somehow the reason he got sent home, even though he didn't say that to Ellie or Becky. He said it to the camera crew. It's also what made him relatable to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I was like, hey, there's one of me in there. And then <laughs> now no well, longer. My comments on Damien are, um, you know, I think I've only spoken about his thrusting, which feels unfair and unfortunate for him. I will say that when he smiled with his mouth, his eyes were screaming. Yes. Yeah. That, and that's that's defining for me. Like, mm. that's what I'll remember. I mean, he was like the only guy left that had not kissed one of the Either of them. I think that's pretty, true. Yeah, so yeah. that was pretty obvious. Yeah, it was just going to happen at some point, yeah. And Now, Zevi, I will transfer you $5 PayPal <laughs> right now yeah. if you can tell me what Damo's name is. Well, okay. I think it's just Damien, right? Fuck. Is that what you're looking for? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Shit. All right, well, I guess we're even. And yeah. listeners, I guess we're at the end of another episode of The Bachelor of Hearts podcast shannon gus thank you so much for joining us i've had such a good time this was so great thank you for coming on so much more fun than the bachelorette (laughs) (laughs) thank you for making it worth watching for me um and i'm so sorry for all the listeners who don't know like you know i'm coming in like the becky and all you know about me is that i'm in lockdown and i'm hating it (laughs) i'm really pissed (laughs) off about joe's lack of commitment to minor distances but look the beautiful thing here is like we can find you on social media we can find you in our podcast feeds as a part of rub has a podcast we can get to know you more and but that's all you exciting. will find are the same pointless rant <laughs> like, this is a really good example of who i am this isn't a, this isn't like a strange thing for me like if you enjoyed this yeah check out my stuff if you didn't it's much the same <laughs> i'll get something very different <laughs> how can we where can we find you on social media and in the podcast feed at Shannon Gates on Instagram and Twitter, G-A-I-T-Z, and International Survivor Half Ups in the podcast feed. Or just check out, Rob has a website, Rob has a podcast, R-H-A-P. Check out what we're doing. Like, all of this, I love this, all of this extreme analysis of these stupid, stupid shows Yes, is our job. It's a great thing. I love that this thing exists. I love that I exist in a time where that can be a thing. Yes. Yeah. So if you enjoy that, we have a lot of it going on there at R-H-A-P. Fantastic. Okay. Shannon, thank you so much we have truly truly enjoyed having you on the show thanks for having me so so fun and i really do hope xavier that you get the halloween of your dreams next week entree to it'll happen to the second date meal of halloween that you're really getting next week yeah i feel like i got the trick this week and i'm getting the treat next week yes yes okay so positive (laughs) (laughs) well xavier Wow, that was so low. Oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> well, Maxie. <laughs> Look, we made that another so friend. That was really fun. Oh, incredible stuff. Uh, 100% hit rate, 
success rate with uh, friendship and perfect podcasting, as per usual. You know it. She's the best analyst in the game. That was so good. I yeah. mean, I felt so underprepared. <laughs> uh, but it was very good to have somebody who actually pays attention to uh, what's going on in this show and other shows as well uh, to take us through it. That was so great. It was the best. And look, uh, do you know what else is great? Mm, Halloween. What are we calling back to here? Skeleton the fact dancing? that we came here to make friends. Oh, well, that's a very true fact and one that we should definitely prioritize and talk about more than those other things I mentioned, I guess. Let's uh, talk about it. As a matter of fact, we did actually come here to make friends. And if you would like to be friends with us, then, hey, you came to the right place. Uh, but another place you could go to is online. Well, you probably downloaded this from the internet. So anyway, uh, in a roundabout way, what I'm trying to say here is that uh, if you go to the Bachelor of Hearts Arch group on Facebook, you will find us. You will find our friends. You will find uh, other people we don't know very well, but, you know, this is like a whole vibe. It's Friendship. really nice. Us. And, friends. Uh, yeah. But that's Love. the focus. You've really boiled it down. Thank you. Um, on social media, we're at BOHpod on Twitter and Instagram and all that good stuff. Um, you can find me on socials, on Twitch, at ZavierRN. I wanted to mention I did a guest spot on a podcast I really love yes. uh, about a week ago called The Brad Pitt Cast. We talk about the motion picture Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas for a bit, but really we don't because who fucking cares? Was it Sinbad? <laughs> Uh, who was it? I made that joke too. Thank you. To our friends. Uh, I said, I said, stink bad was what they should have called it. Um, but that's a really great podcast and I had a really great time doing it yeah, and yeah. I made sure it was their longest episode to date as this well may be ours, especially if I keep this sentence going. Max, you on social media? Uh, look, you can find me at Max Quinn and Xavier, you can find you where? Xavier Ryan. Look, listeners, that's going to do us for another episode. Find Shannon for reality TV wrap ups. Find her at Shannon Gates. You know us. We love you, listeners. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Running out of time. Make the most of what's before me. Searching for a sign to lead me to the end of the to my ears from the first moment you entered my life